We all know the importance of taking care of ourselves, making sure that we eat properly, making sure that we get enough exercise and adequate rest. And I really feel that it's equally as important that we take good care of our skin. My name is Nancy Folsom, and I teach skin care and color cosmetics with Mary Kay. By asking you just a couple of questions about your skin, we can come up with a plan that will help you feel and look your best. Mary Kay has skincare lines for every skin type, including products designed especially for men. I'd like to inform you about my specials this month. The first special is everything is 10% off. The second special is a free satin hand set when you purchase a skincare set. During this time of using hand sanitizer, the satin hand set will be so wonderful for you. Have you ever thought about owning your own business? Have you ever thought maybe of doing a business including Mary Kay? Well, from now until May 31st, Mary Kay is running a special and you can actually Start your own Mary Kay business for $30. I'd love to tell you more about that as well as more about other, other products. You can contact me by calling me at, at my phone number, 850-524-5026. You may email me at nfolsom at comcast.net or you can peruse my website at www.marykay.com forward slash Nancy Folsom. I'd like to invite you to a virtual skincare party on June the 8th. If you're interested, please send me an email and let me know your contact information so that I can talk with you and send you products that I feel will best be suited for your skin. And we will have a virtual party. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope you all have a glorious day and have a good time. Enjoy the convention. Hello, everyone. I'm Stacia Boyd, the president and creative director of Q Media Mobile Tours and a proud sponsor of the Florida Council of the Blind's 67th annual convention. We are thrilled to support this wonderful organization and this incredible community. As part of our sponsorship, we were asked to make a brief recording about who we are and what we do. But before I tell you more about us, I want to take a minute and thank the board and volunteers of FCB, the folks who saved the day by turning this in-person convention into a virtual experience almost overnight. There are too many people to name everyone individually, but I do want to say a special thank you to Sheila Young, Leslie Spoon, and Debbie Grubb. Their patience kept me up to date on all of the changes and made this moment possible. I cannot thank them enough. So, on to QMedia and what we do. In short... Q Media makes audio and digital mobile tours. We develop, create, and produce tours for museums, galleries, visitor centers, attractions, state and national parks, and any other type of cultural and historic institution all over the United States. We are a very small, family-owned production company run by me and my husband, Mike Lutz. If you're interested in learning more about it, Sheila Young and I will be hosting a session titled Audio Description of Museums on Friday, May 15th, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. So Mike and I started our business in 2002, and our very first client was the Album Palashik Museum and Sculpture Garden in Winter Park. 
Over the years, our client list has grown to include such iconic sites as Mount Rushmore National Memorial, Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, and Holocaust Museum Houston. When we started in 2002, we primarily created interpretive audio tours for the general public. The next year, we expanded to include multi-language translations in order to help museums reach their non-English-speaking visitors. In 2009, we discovered audio description, and since then have written and produced dozens of audio-described tours, helping our clients remove barriers and make their exhibits, films, and sites more accessible to visitors who are blind or have low vision. In addition to the locations I previously mentioned, we've developed and produced audio-described tours for numerous national sites, including Wright Brothers National Memorial in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, and the Klondike Gold Rush Museum in Skagway, Alaska. Additional clients for whom we've created audio-described tours include, among others, the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco, the Edge Observation Deck at Hudson Yards in New York City, and the Bell Museum of Natural History in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So that's what we do. We make museums accessible. If you've ever taken an audio-described tour of a museum, I'm sure you know the difference they make not only for blind visitors, but also for their families. And if you've never taken an audio-described tour of a museum, I truly hope you do. The American Council of the Blind's Audio Description Project maintains a list on their website of museums that offer audio description. Obviously, the list is always being updated, so the best option is to contact any museum you want to go to and ask if they offer audio description. And if they don't, ask them why not. Then ask them when they expect to have it. Then please tell them to contact QMedia. Since we don't sell products directly to consumers, but rather we're hired by museums and other organizations, I don't have a website to send you to to buy something. I just wanted to say hi, introduce myself and our company, and let you know how proud we are to support the Florida Council of the Blind by being a corporate sponsor. Please enjoy the virtual convention, and if you're interested in learning more, join our session, Audio Description of Museums, Friday, May 15th, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. I look forward to meeting you. Hello. Thank you for your interest in my presentation. My name is Pam Reif, and I'm the proprietor, creator, and curator of Pamela Marie's Essential Oils. I'm passionate about thriving naturally and gracefully in this crazy world of ours. My product line consists of essential oils, dried herbs, herbal oils, clays, and hydrosols, lotions, syrups, tinctures, tonics, deodorant, I make small batches and love custom blending. Remember, no synthetic preservatives are used in my products. Many must be stored in the refrigerator for good shelf life. It's not made to sit in a warehouse. It's made to be used. And you will soon realize just how essential these products will become to be in your wellness toolbox. Cleansing greens, custom made for your sensibilities, accompanied by an uplifting toner, followed by luxurious lotion. No matter your, your complexion, we can blend up an amazing regime for you, all through tele, telecommunications if we need it. You can text me. My number is 407-459-5300. Again, it's 407-459-5300. I do my best to procure everything that I have from the country or region of origin, from wherever it came from. My echinacea 
comes from the United States. My frankincense comes from Oman. My green clay comes from France. I'm really picky about what I ingest and what I use in my life now. Um, I've come to believe that there's a lot of toxicity out there that I just don't want in my system, and I don't think I want you guys to have it either. I would love to be able to introduce you to all these wonderful products that I have that I've gotten from the earth. The earth has supplied to us, and obviously the universe wants us to use it. So, oh, and I wanted you to know that I'm making hand sanitizer now because our hands were just getting so torn up. So I have a hand sanitizer that I'm making with 75% grain alcohol, rose water, glycerin, and a little bit of lavender. You can make it too. It's wonderful and it keeps your hands feeling a little better and smelling a whole lot nicer. Now the grain alcohol is not organic. Uh, But it is easily obtained at your local ABC liquor store. Um, And that's about all I have for today. I wish I had my website up and running yet, but it's still not ready. Will be soon. Please text me. Text me your name, your number, any questions that you might have. I'll be more than happy. I'd love to meet you if I don't know you. And if I haven't talked to you in a while, reach out. We'll work on this. We'll get you something going. Thanks and have a really good day and be well. Hello, FCB. This is Amanda Tolson with Envision America. I'm so sad that I won't be able to meet you all in person this year. But isn't technology great that I can communicate with you this way? I'd like to talk about a few things that we have to offer. Most of you are already using and love. Some of you, it may be new to you. But I'd like to encourage you to call us at 1-800-890-1180 for more information. Again, that's 1-800-890-1180. I'd like to start by talking about our ID-Mate Galaxy, which is our barcode scanner that talks to you. This scanner will scan any barcode in your home and read out loud to you what that product is and information about it. So if we're talking about a food product, it's not only going to tell you what it is, but it'll let you know those cooking instructions, nutritional information, and the ingredients. It also comes with blank barcodes. So for any product in your home that doesn't already have a barcode on it, you can place one of these on and make your own recording as to what it is. These labels come in iron-on, adhesive, durable adhesive, which is actually dishwasher safe, and then a barcode label that has a rubber band on it for those items that a sticker just doesn't fit quite on. Those of you who are app users may be asking, why would I purchase a barcode scanner when I have an app for that? Well, the biggest difference is that our barcode scanner uses a red laser scanner. This is the same type of scanner that they use at the grocery store. So there's no more guessing work on where that barcode is. This scanner is so aggressive, you don't even need to know where that barcode is. And it's going to get you all the information you need. The other big difference is we have been developing a database of products for over 20 years. That means the likelihood of you coming across a product not in our database 
diminishes quite a bit. There is over 4 million products on the onboard database alone. And when you connect to Wi-Fi, it opens you up to 16 million items. There may be a chance that you do come across a product not in the database, but the great thing about the Galaxy is it lets you make a recording as to what that product is. And then it asks you if you wanna upload that to Envision America. When we get your uploaded information, we do all the research on that product and we get it added to the database for you. So even though you've come across something not in there today, it's going to be in there in the future. We'd like to extend a special sale to FCB. The retail cost of an IDMate Galaxy is $1,299, but today for FCB members, we'd like to extend a special sale. You can now get the IDMate Galaxy for $1,040. You also will receive a one-year extended warranty, giving you two full years of warranty, along with free shipping and a free deck of playing cards. To take advantage of the sale, give us a call at 1-800-890-1180. Again, that's 1-800-890-1180. And just let them know you're part of FCB. I'll repeat our phone number several times throughout this message so you have a chance to get it down. I'd like to move on to Script Talk now. Script Talk is our talking prescription reader. This is a free service available through pharmacies. Script Talk reads your entire prescription label to you out loud, including the drug name, instructions, warnings, and how many refills you have remaining. No more guessing when you need to call the doctor to get a refill. Many independent pharmacies, mail order pharmacies, and retail chain pharmacies provide Script Talk today. New to Florida is Publix. Publix now is offering Script Talk. All you need to do is go in and ask your pharmacist for it. It's really that easy. If you ever need any other assistance getting Script Talk, all you have to do is call us at Envision America, 1-800-890-1180. Our customer service staff will help get you set up with Script Talk. Even if you're using a mail order pharmacy or a retail chain pharmacy, our customer service staff can help you get set up. Sometimes it's as easy as us sending an email. So give us a call and we can help make the process a lot quicker. Script Talk is a free service and there's never a cost to the user. Envision America will loan out a Script Talk reader to anybody who is using a pharmacy that provides the service. Or now we have an Android app and an iOS app. So you can always download the Script Talk mobile app on your smartphone for free. Give us a call and we'll help you get set up with Script Talk. Again, our phone number is 1-800-890-1180. I want to thank everybody who's taken the time to listen to my recording and let you all know that I've missed seeing you in person this year. Hopefully soon, Things will be a little bit back to normal and we'll all be able to see each other in person again. Until then, we can always use the phone. So call us 1-800-890-1180. Greetings to all 2020 Florida Council of the Blind members, exhibitors, and online visitors. Although we would rather meet in person, Web Audio is happy to be involved and participate in this year's virtual event. We hope you all stay safe and healthy. 
WebAudio.com has a fully developed and ready-to-launch audio news smartphone app that will bring the internet to the surface and, and into the light for many for people many with vision issues. Once launched, the Web Audio app will be available in both iPhone and Android app stores. The Web Audio News app was designed specifically for people with no or low vision. Our app will let you stay informed on many issues and events of the day of your choosing. You can easily customize and control your audio playlist using 11 main categories and 100 unique topics to personalize your audio playlist. The app has been tested, tested by, by the American, American Foundation, Foundation for the Blind and has passed all 2.1 WCAG accessibility requirements. In addition, we have designed the app with functional usability features to ensure the app is logical in structure and well thought out with you in mind. We have a crew of copy editors and professional voiceover artists with 20 to 30 years of professional experience ready to go to work for you to provide this service. Using only real human voices like mine and very current up-to-the-minute news information from a variety of well-established and trusted sources, our app will provide news in the most efficient manner and medium possible. We will be producing upwards of 500 to 700 audio files daily to keep you informed with exactly the types of news information you are interested in. Simply launch the app and sit back. The audio news stories will cycle through one after another, based completely on your personalization choices, with hours of fresh daily content. And just the facts without the drama. We have also implemented voice control functionality that will allow users the ability to control the app using their voice. Our offering would include fresh and dynamic musical interludes to interweave within your audio playlist, as well as audio-based comedy pieces to lighten your day and make you laugh. Our app is efficient, lightweight, and stable, and requires only minimal phone resources. We have spent the last three years working through the design and development of this app to make sure that the design and usage is as intuitive as possible. And we believe we've achieved our goal. When you check out the app yourself, we are positive you will find our offering to be valuable and worthy of your time and attention. We intend on launching the Web Audio Audio News app in the very near future. So please check back with us at webaudio.com for messages about when the app will be available for download, possibly by end of summer or early fall. If you have any questions, feel free to reach us at support at webaudio.com. We wish you and your loved ones a safe and healthy time moving forward. Life will return to normal, and we look forward to hearing from all of you. Thank you. Your friends at webaudio.com. The most common form of blindness in young people could be at least partially cured using gene therapy. A new study in mice. Chase CEO Jamie Dimon announced Monday a $17 million Sharapova is set to play in her first Grand Slam since her 15-month drugs ban after being given a wild card. has struggled with rising drug violence for years. The AP. For Web Audio, I'm Jerry Barnash. The U.S. and Chinese trade wars continue to grow more complicated with delays to some items being Comedian Rick Roberts. My 12-year-old, he's my little man. He's uh, He notices things. Sometimes he sometimes he says stuff that scares me. You ever have that happen with your kids? One night I'm tucking him in bed a few years ago. I'm like, hey, buddy, hope you have sweet dreams. He looks up and goes, I hope you're still breathing when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> what? Uh-oh. What do you know that I don't know? Tell me. 
I'll let you play Minecraft. Just tell me. Tell me. I was awake the next morning. I didn't sleep a wink. And sometimes they say funny stuff, but you can't laugh because it was not the right kind of funny. You know what I'm talking about. Not too recently, we were brushing our teeth and we are looking in the mirror, you know, and I noticed he is looking at him for a while. Then he looks over at me and then back at him and then back at me. And I'm like, what's the matter, dude? He's like, Papa, I just noticed me and you, we kind of look alike. I'm like, yeah, what do you think about that? He goes, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to go to bed early, for starters. You, uh... You don't need a nightlight. You're 12. What are you doing with a nightlight? I'm going to close your door all the way. Hope you're still breathing when I wake up in the morning. Disability Rights Florida. A legacy of protection and advocacy. Prior to the 70s, the uh, institutionalization of individuals with disabilities was the, the norm. There was abuse, there was neglect taking place, really seclusion, inappropriate restraint, poor facilities, poor uh, nutrition, just pretty egregious. And that's how what is now Disability Rights Florida came about. In 1977, Congress began to address these inhumane conditions by creating a national system of legally based disability rights agencies to assist with that effort. Disability Rights Florida assists individuals and families to access education, employment, and independence. We also advocate at the legislature and in our discussions with state agencies for improvement in Florida's laws, policies, and practices. We continue to advocate for the elimination of abuse and neglect because unfortunately, though it has declined over the years, it still remains an issue and still occurs. We provide advocacy, legal representation, and negotiations, and investigation and facility monitoring. We had a client uh, recently who needed a wheelchair a power wheel, uh, electric wheelchair, and um, couldn't get one. The individual was entitled to it, and Medicaid was, was obligated to provide it and didn't. We became involved, represented that individual, and because of our expertise and our knowledge of how Medicaid works, which is something that the individual didn't have the knowledge of, we were able to cut through the red tape and get the individual the, the wheelchair that he deserved. Another good example of, of how we help with respect to education as well. An individual who, who, who can't speak, who was determined to be not able to, not cognitive in, in, in many ways, when in fact it turned out after testing that this individual was very aware of what was going on in his surroundings and knew what was going on in the world, as a matter of fact, from watching television and so on, just could not articulate any of it. And the need there was a, uh, an assistive technology 
piece of equipment wherein he could touch a screen and it would speak what he wanted to say. Matt, do you want more fries? Yes. And as a result of that, he was able to, and is able to go to school and respond. And we were instrumental in helping him obtain that. There's a variety of other examples like that uh, in, in the education world, in the employment world, uh, and, and just in the, in the world of, of uh, mobility and transportation. And those are the types of issues that we deal with. And if we need to do it in a, a legal environment, a litigation environment, as a last resort, that's what we will do. Working in partnership for equality and dignity. Our staff is, is exceptional. And I say that honestly and genuinely. Our staff is, they are committed, they're passionate in the work that they do. They're also relentless in pursuing an outcome. They work long hours and they will uh, commit whatever it takes to get the job done. If you or someone you know needs help, contact us. Our mission is to uh, protect and advocate for the rights of individuals with disabilities to enable them to obtain a, a full life with integrity, avail themselves of, of the same uh, rights and benefits of any other individual in this state. Our services are free and confidential. Contact us toll-free at 1-800-342-0823 or visit our website at disabilityrightsflorida.org. Good afternoon, everybody. It's a little bit before 3 o'clock. Uh, my name is Rick Morin, and we're here uh, at the Florida Council of the Blind Virtual Convention. We're all in our virtual places. I'm on the virtual beach. <laughs> Just getting a virtual tan that feels pretty good. Uh, we're going to be starting up here in a minute or so. This is ACB Radio Mainstream, and we are very privileged uh, to be here bringing you the Florida Council of the Blind Convention. Thank you very much goes to uh, Katie Lear and Sheila Young and everybody at Florida, Florida Council of the Blind. It, uh, it has been really a pleasure to work with you all. And speaking of Katie, Katie, are you there? I can't hear you, Katie. Well, I can hear you barely. Where, which, are you close to your mic? Oh, I think I had my mic for lunch. <laughs> how, how, did, how did it taste? Delicious, just like chocolate with nuts in it. <laughs> Here's Katie. Well, I'd like to say that ACB Radio, we are so privileged that you are streaming our convention for us. And I am the chair of the convention committee and i must say that this has been lots of work and i would like to thank some of my co convention committee people sheila young debbie grubb leslie spoon wanda stokely wanda did all set all of our exhibitors up for us and wanda we really appreciate that because we've been listening to all these exhibitors during the half hour breaks jim crott who gave us um lots of wise words of wisdom when we got a little crazy um, Pam Sogi, I'm Sally Benjamin. Um, I think I've gotten everybody. If I didn't, we're going to redo it again later. So what we're going to do now, y'all, at three o'clock, we have a wonderful presentation co-hosted by Sheila Young, 
Stasha Boyd and Dan Spoon will be joining her and they're going to talk about audio description for museums. So go for it, Miss Sheila. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. This has been such an interesting day. <laughs> and certainly, thank you, ACB Radio. Um, I am very pleased and honored to be on this panel. I would like to introduce, first of all, Stacia Boyd, who is the owner of Q Media Productions. It is an audio descriptive uh, company that she goes into museums and national parks and all kinds of places and writes the audio description. Stacia, would you like to say hello? Hello, everybody. Hi, Sheila. Hi. <laughs> thank you for coming. Awesome. First of all, thank you for being invited. It is always such a pleasure to be able to, to get to know new people and to, to come out and meet everyone. I really enjoyed being at the FCB in person last year, uh, but you know, things being what they are right now, I am super happy, grateful, and thrilled that um, you guys were able to pull this off so fast and so quickly to turn it into a virtual experience. Yes, we are, we are the model child. <laughs> 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 and, and I would like to introduce Dan and Leslie Spoon, who are also on the panel. Good afternoon, guys. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, Sheila and Stacia. It's Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Thank you for joining Hi. us. Thank you for having us. And, and this has been a wonderful day. I've been listening all day long. I, I got to tell you, I've been listening in different ways all day, you know, <laughs> while I'm doing other things. But it's been very informational and, and very, um, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful this year. It's, I'm sad not to see you in person and Stacia in person, but thank you for having me on the panel. And Dan? Uh, thank you as well, Sheila. Glad to be here with all you lovely ladies. And I echo what Leslie said. I've been on Zoom. I've been on the Echo. I even went for a walk and listened to technology with Jason and Sherry while I was while I was walking around the neighborhood. And my even my neighbors got to hear FCB's <laughs> convention. So it's been a whole lot of fun. Well, thank you for joining us. All right, Stacia, take hey. it over. All right. First of all, everyone, thank you again. Thank you all so much for, for coming and joining us and, and participating. Um, I'll give you just a quick rundown about what we were going to do uh, over the next few uh, hour or so. Uh, first of all, I'm going to do a short introduction about my, myself and tell a little bit about, you know, what we what my company does uh, and who we are. Uh, then I was going to talk briefly about audio description in museums and how it's different than audio description that you normally experience in films or your television programs or even at live theater and events like that. Just a, a little briefly about the, those differences. Then we'll get to the fun part, which is the examples. Um, I've got a couple of examples from two projects, uh, both of which Sheila um, worked with us on as a consultant, as a visually impaired consultant to come and help us make sure we had things correct before we recorded and produced this material rather than what happens so often, which is you know, you don't find out anything from an actual consumer until after it's been produced. And it's like, oh, well, I wish we would have known. Um, and then the very last thing I want to do in, in this time is be able to talk about how to advocate and how to, to be able to reach out to museums and, and find out, you know, what you want to do. And um, and I do have one question real quick. And actually, the first one is probably for, for Rick um, or, or Sheila or Dan. Um, are participants able to respond back if I ask a question? Most certainly. Okay. Um, so my first question actually is kind of like for everybody in the room, um, has, has, have people here taken audio described tours in or at museums other than Dan and Leslie and, and Sheila? 
if you have if you have raise your hand raise your hand it's alt y on the pc um on the iphone it's star nine and um if you're on the iphone app it is there's a raise hand button in the middle of the app so go ahead raise your hand and i'll count the i'll count the hands there's out of 21 people here three hands are up four hands are up one panel five hands are up that's wonderful Excellent. So it looks like about five folks out of the 21. So about 20, 25%. Wonderful. Uh, six. Yay. The numbers are going up. Um, I am very glad to hear that. So for those of you who have taken audio described tours in museums before, um, I think it's, it's wonderful that, uh, and you'll probably be able to speak more to it later when we have a chance about the, the, the difference it makes. Um, for those of you who have not taken an uh, been to a museum to take an audio described tour or had uh, had that type of experience, I just kind of want to give you a brief um, overview of of how I got into this um, space and then also uh, about what audio described tours are and how they're a little bit different. So first of all, a little bit about me. Um, my husband and I own our company, Q Media Productions, and uh, we started it back in 2002. It was uh, shortly after 9-11. Uh, we were both working in the world of theme parks and doing entertainment. And I was a, a, a performer and a writer and a director. And my husband was an audio engineer and a sound designer. And um, we would go to these museums and we'd take these incredible, you know, regular audio tours and we loved them so much. And we thought that they made such a difference in, in our experiences. We loved museums. And then after 9-11, we're like, man, we could, we could do this. We, we want to use our talent and our skills for something a little bit more meaningful. So we started out producing standard audio tours, you know, meant for every visitor that comes through a museum door. Within a year, we were being tasked and, and challenged to produce multi-language tours. So it's like, okay, now how do you help the visitors who don't speak English also experience these incredible museums? Um, so we've now produced tours and everything from Spanish to Lakota to Chinese to Mandarin or to, to Hmong and Somali. Um, but then about 11 years ago, uh, somebody reached out to us about producing an audio described tour. And I had never heard of that. I, this was something I, I had no idea what it was. And so um, after a little bit of work and research, I got very lucky as a, a lot of people do. And the um, ACB's audio description program with uh, that Joel Snyder was had worked and put together and the ACB folks had put together was having a training right here in Orlando. And I, I'm not sure if it, was, it wasn't the first one, it was like one of the, the, the first or the second. And so I took that course. And I have to tell you, it really changed in, in one big way. It changed the trajectory of our company and that it really opened our, opened our eyes to um, an, an entirely underserved market that we did not realize was there, that, that we did not realize was missing because our, we didn't have that many museums and clients asking us for it. But once we did get that realization and there started becoming a greater and greater and greater um, request from our clients about it, it's something that we became very, very strong and very passionate about. Um, one of the things about uh, our direction for this is that, you know, I come at this from a museum professional standpoint. My, my purpose is to serve every visitor that comes into a museum. And as opposed to seeing the disability community as a separate visitor, it is part of, or a separate community, it is part of that broader community. And it is my job and my responsibility to, to serve that, that group. So we, we started putting that together. Um, and we also work with the American Sign Language. So we serve a, a broad range of, of uh, abilities. As part of that training and that learning, that is where we, you know, I got to meet um, 
obviously, uh, for those of you who know Joel Snyder, he is a very strong advocate for audio description uh, in general and audio description in museums in particular. Um, through him, he encouraged me to uh, get more um, involved and attend uh, American Council of the Blind, which is where I met uh, Dan and Leslie, um, and then found out that they were here in Orlando, and that's where I met uh, Sheila. Um, I needed a I was looking for someone to come help me work on a couple of projects because, like I said, one of the best things we can do is have an actual uh, an actual blind person, or uh, not uh, as Dan has coined them before, the random blind guy, an actual blind person come with us in our planning phases, in our design phases, uh, not in our user testing on the back end to, to just say, okay, we loved it or we didn't. Um, so I'm going to take a second and ask uh, both Sheila and Dan and Leslie a couple of questions because they have worked on um, uh, with museums to work on some of the these projects. Sheila, do you want to tell them about the project that you and I just worked on that we just got the great news about? <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy to. Um, Stacia and I went to Houston, Texas, and we did the Holocaust Museum of Houston. And um, basically, I guess, from the ground up, they'd already created the museum and Stacia got the contract to work on it. So she asked me if I would go and I said, of course. And we got there and um, it was just such a delightful tour, delightful museum, delightful tour. And Stacia does an amazing job when she's writing description. And we found several things that they really needed to adjust and, and kind of think about. And we just learned this week that the Holocaust Museum took the first place award at the Texas Association of Museums Conference in Texas. So congratulations to Stacia and Mike for sure, because it, that is not an easy job and it, it's a very involved museum. So congratulations, Stacia. Thank you, thank you. And to give guys the quick overview. It was the um, the audio tour in English, Spanish, three different tours of three different galleries, plus an architectural tour, plus an audio described tour, plus an American Sign Language tour. And um, honestly, I don't, it would not have been what it was without Sheila's participation. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. That's one of the examples that we'll be listening uh, to in a little bit. So um, Dan, Leslie, tell, tell the, the team about the project that you worked on. Sure. Thank you, Stacia. And uh... Leslie and I had the opportunity to go down and participate in one of our national parks, the Dry Tortugas, which are situated 70 miles uh, off the west coast of Key West, all the way down at the very tippy-tippy end of uh, the state of Florida. It's a set of islands out there called uh, the Dry Tortugas, uh, and uh, they have a fort, Fort Jefferson, that was uh, part of a uh, a, a big construction project that the United States did after the War of 1812, that long ago, to help protect our country. So they built this fort in the 40, 1840s, 50s, and 60s, and uh, really became famous uh, after the Abraham Lincoln assassination that it, it housed as its most famous prisoner. It became a prison uh, in the 1860s uh, with Dr. Mudd. If you've ever heard the term, your name is Mud, that's where it came from because he was uh, found guilty of uh, abetting uh, the, uh, the assassination plot for, for Abraham Lincoln. And so uh, they, they had an audio described tour that they were, they had pulled a regular tour together. And this is what Stacia talks about a little. And 
after they had already completed the regular audio tour, they brought uh, us down to kind of give a quality overview and to add an audio described tour on top of it. So we went down to kind of provide that quality uh, kind of blind person's advice of how, how this would be, you would navigate this rustic fort. And it was just so, uh, well, first of all, it was very, very just an exciting day and very interesting. You take a ferry 70 miles out in the middle of the Gulf and, uh, you know, and you get off and you're the kind of the only human beings out here at this fort during the day. And it was uh, very rustic. And as we went through it, what became very obvious to Leslie and I Oh, I don't know. What would you say, Leslie? Five minutes into the to the tour w- was just how dangerous and kind of uh, awkward it was going to be for it, blind people to take a self guided tour. It really was going to be difficult um, to for them for blind and visually impaired folks to take the tour because it was just we were like with Dan was with one of the the guides and I was with the other guide and uh, Martin Wild actually was with us too and he's a I believe Station knows him. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. out of Chicago and uh, um, you know he was with us also and Dan was with him and I was with another another guide and we'd take like a couple steps and we'd be like no no that's not going to work for blind and visually impaired folks and then they were like oh my goodness wow you know it was yeah. it was it was an interesting day you know it was, it was really you know yeah, for example, kind of the initial the initial narration, you know, navigation, you know, because an audio described tour not only provides the the content of the uh, that, that goes in between the the regular dialogue of the tour, but it it provides you you know directional navigation, and so we're standing in front of the uh, the fort, and the first uh, the first direction is walk at a forty five degree angle for 60 steps and you'll be at the edge of the moat on a small wooden plank. And if anybody knows Dan as well as, <laughs> as, as I know Dan, he's like, that is not going to happen. <laughs> it's like, all right, Leslie, let's get started. You can go first. We'll walk at a 40 degree angle for, for 60 steps and let's see if we fall in the moat or not. You know, it's like, I don't know if this is going to be the right approach for blind people to be next to the boat. So it was great. So it was really great. And it kind of went downhill from there, but it, but it did really quote unquote, open our eyes to how important it is to come up with universal design as you're building out these tours. And actually, and also if I can say when we saw Dr. Mudd, where Dr. Mudd was, which was really interesting and, and enlightening, but then you're up and you're also up on this, this, uh, you know, uh, open area that has no rails, nothing. And I mean, it's just wide open and for visually and, and, you know, visually impaired and blind folks, I thought, oh my goodness, I held on to my guide so tight that I thought he thought I was married to the guide. I, I did not <laughs> let go of him. And I had some pretty good usable vision then. This has probably been about, what do you say, Dan, five years ago now, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, oh, yeah. I just kept holding on to him and saying, okay, I think we should go down now. And he's like, well, look at the birds. The birds are beautiful. And then here comes the birds. And this is a great time for the bird watching. And I'm like, that's wonderful. You know, but that was kind of, that was kind of freaky, you know, for blind and visually impaired folks. I thought if they're going to audio describe this, they better really put some rails up or something. (laughs) Well, and actually, I think that's, that's the perfect lead into the next component of the the presentation here is that, you know, one of the things that 
for to help a lot of people understand is that audio description for a museum or a visitor center or an attraction is radically different than audio description for a movie or a TV show or a even a, a live theater performance. And so one of the things that people kind of have a tendency to, to think about when they think of audio description is they think of the script writer. They think of the person who's writing the pretty words, getting the good description, making sure that it works and it fits. Whereas in museums, the role of that audio describer is not just the description, which is absolutely clearly important, but it is safety, it is navigation, it is turn by turn, it is making sure that you know uh, in your that you're doing a pre-planning work. So this this audio description consultant really needs to be an audio description program design, and that's the thing that I think you know you know going back to the the dry tortugas project that they that they did not quite understand when they were putting that together that that conversation should have been had at the beginning when they were figuring out how to put together that comprehensive that regular quote unquote interpretive tour um if they knew that they were going to be adding audio description that should have been part of that conversation then when they were deciding to go up these stairs to say, okay, well, we're going to be taking people who can't hear, people who can't see, people who can't work. How is this working for all of them back in the design? And it doesn't mean that they would not have continued to, to take some people up there, but they would have come up with some kind of an alternative experience or an alternative um, way of navigating it. Because sometimes you can't add a handrail or sometimes, you, you know, historical buildings, etc. But um, go ahead. And Stacey, you go back to that. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you go back to that and you... And they did say, we may not bring people up here because Dan and I did, did mention that. We're saying you might just want to, uh, might want to audio describe this on a track and people may not go up. They have the opportunity to go or not go up, you know, depending on what, like what you're saying right there. And going to that, uh, that name of that thing about universal design, because it wouldn't just be a blind person. There are people who have balance issues. There might be a person who's simply afraid of heights. There might be a person who, but who still wants to have that, inf that information. And so that thinking universally, how are you making sure that this, that this uh, experience is accessible to all people? So launching real quickly then into how it's the, the difference about, you know, it's like that navigational uh, program as well. Um, it's also about making sure that the, the person who's designing that audio description program understands the museum mission, understands the architecture, understands exhibit design, understands um, multimedia production. Because when you go into an ex a museums and ex exhibits, you might have panel text and exhibit panels, but there also might be uh, films that need to be described. There also might be uh, touchscreen kiosks that need to be accessible. Uh, there might be, um, Interactives where people are being asked to like lift things and put things up and whatever those need to be described. So it's a much broader spectrum of um, of description than simply walking in and hearing, you know, that the pictures are being described. So um, also that describer has to have the, per the program has to take into account the type of equipment and COVID-19, I will tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, is upending this industry because up until really right now, um, a lot of times you'd go to a museum and they would hand you a device that you would either hold up to your face to listen to or put the headsets on um, and then give it back. And right now the conversation in museums is really about, okay, how do we not give things out and take them back? But the, also the problem is they're saying, okay, how do we do this with less tactile? We need to get rid of all of our touchables. No. <laughs> and when we start talking about advocacy, we're going to come back to this subject. So just, I want y'all to know we're not, we're not missing that. We're not missing that. But 
to understand how to use, there are apps that like our, our tour apps. And so for example, um, we did a project for the Wright brothers, uh, 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 excuse me, Walt Disney family museum and also Holocaust museum, Houston, that they did use an app. And because we understood how this app worked and had been working with this company to make it more accessible, to make sure that their screen readers were working properly and their, 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 uh, things were easy to find. Um, we were able to create audio description that gave the person as much information as they needed, but nothing that they didn't need. So for example, we would let, we had the screen reader, uh, the screen reader would give the directions. So if a person needed directions from one location to another, they could just let their screen reader play that. It doesn't need any kind of emotional context. But if they, um, or if they had low vision and they could certainly navigate a broad space by themselves and they didn't need to have turn by turn directions, they could skip it. Um, giving that person that same kind of agency. So audio description in museums can be a lot more interesting, a lot richer, a lot more complex. Um, and then we're gonna get into the, the two, basically there's two fundamental types of audio description. And, and it's interesting because Sheila got the opportunity to work with both types. Uh, Dan, they got the opportunity to work with one type with the opposite kind of client, which is kind of funny. Um, so the first type, is basically audio description that is created to be strictly for the blind community. So they have no intention of ever handing this tour or having that tour for other for any other part of the community, not for the quote unquote regular visitor. It is strictly for um, a, a blind visitor who would come to a museum. Normally, the National Park Service absolutely insists on it that that's the only way that they want to do things and they can they can be pretty pretty clear in how they like things the project that uh, Sheila and I worked on for the um, Wright brothers that's what it's like and essentially when it goes in the person the the narration is speaking strictly to a blind person it is giving directions it gives you the overview of a room it might tell you where things are then it would also read panel tell you what the panel text is also describe the pictures um, and then give some general navigation around the room to get somebody from from point to point um, the other type is what Dan just described and which is what we did at Holocaust Museum Houston an audio tour was developed for the broad visitor. This is the audio tour that where they want 100% of the people who are coming into that museum, they want them to know this information. They want them to have this experience. It's usually richer. It usually has music and sound effects. Um, it'll have a narrator that's, the, and sometimes it'll have character voices and character actors. Mm. And then you take the audio description and you write it and you add it in to, the, to support it. But because it's audio only, you don't have to fit it in between the dialogue. You can actually cut the dialogue, put in as much description as you need, and then pick the dialogue back up again, the narration back up again. So it's two different types of, of experiences with those. And, um, and uh, since we're kind of getting close to the point where we can start playing some of these uh, examples, um, Sheila, Dan, Leslie, is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Or if there's any other participant who's taken an audio described tour that's different from what I've just described, please feel free to, to, to join in and say so. Anybody have anything they want to add? Stacia, I do feel, it's Leslie, I do feel, um, real quickly, I do feel like what you just said is the kind of way that Dan and I went to, where they will plug in, there, there was the music, and they'll plug in the audio description for the Dry Tortugas. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that second. Mm -hmm. I'm excited yeah. to hear the examples. They're so good. <laughs> well, then let's go ahead and move on to those. And, let's, and if somebody else has anything else they want to add, just raise your hand and I'll try and spot it or wriggle spot it and we'll, we'll, we'll get you guys in there. And please feel free to ask questions, especially um, I 
since we're all sitting in our own space, I have a tendency to forget that there are so many people out there. So, um, so the examples that I brought, um, audio described tour examples can really vary in type and in length. So the first one that I wanted to do is for the, um, the Wright, Brothers. Uh, Wright Brothers National Memorial. It's at Kitty Hawk. Um, it's in North Carolina. And again, this is a high tourist area. So people, you know, a lot of folks go there, a lot of families, a lot of visitors. Um, and they did one that is strictly for the audio described, um, for the audio described uh, uh, visitor. And let me see if I can do my share screen here. Uh, host is the stable screen sharing. Okay. Rick, can you enable my screen sharing or is that something that can't be done? No, we've got it turned off for these sessions. We're doing audio only. Sorry, Stacia. That's okay. We'll see if it'll play. In that case, it'll probably be able to hear it possibly through my speaker and it just might not have as good of a sound. So I'm going to go ahead and open one up here. Um, this one, when you first go in, uh, let me back up just a second. One of the things we do when we're designing an audio description program is we make some certain assumptions about our visitor. Uh, and the first assumption that we're going to make is that the person is, did not lose their vision yesterday. So <laughs> we're going to assume that the person already knew they were blind, has already learned how to, how to navigate in, in uh, the, the public sphere, and, uh, and that they knew where they were going. They, they knew that they were going to a visitor center or wherever it was. Uh, that sounds like it's so obvious, but I can't tell you how many times I have worked with clients who are like well don't we have to describe you know what the the holocaust museum is or don't we have to describe what the dry tortugas are and i'm like when well, they just took a 70 mile boat ride they knew where they were going um <laughs> so uh so some things don't have to be described but this one the person comes into the welcome center uh, at the at the uh, Wright Brothers National Memorial. They've gone up to the visitor desk. They have asked or been offered um, the audio described tour for their group. And the first track that they get, they listen to is the, basically the visitor center welcome. So this is a short track. It's about a minute and a half. Um, that's just welcoming them to the visitor center. So I'm going to go ahead and see if we can play that now. Welcome to Wright Brothers National Memorial Visitor Center's audio described tour. Behind the information desk where you picked up your audio guide device is an artist's rendering of the Wright Brothers Monument, located a short 15-minute walk away. A 60-foot-tall granite monument, shaped like a tall pillar, sits atop a green, grass-covered hill. The inscription from the base of the monument is printed beside the image. In commemoration of the conquest of the air by the brothers Wilbur and Orville Wright, conceived by genius, achieved by dauntless resolution, and unconquerable faith. You are currently in the lobby, a rectangular room with floor-to-ceiling windows on the long sides, the information desk on one end, and the entrance to the exhibit area on the other. This audio track includes the device instructions, visitor center welcome, an overview of the visitor center, and a description of a tactile map of the surrounding area. In addition, an exhibit titled Flight Line Decoded is located on the opposite side of the room, directly across from the entrance doors. It highlights what is visible in the flight area beyond the floor-to-ceiling windows. We recommend you listen to How to Use This Device and the Visitor Center Welcome first, in that order, before you begin to explore. Use the crescent buttons on the front of your device to make a selection. Then, press the round button to listen to the audio description. So was everybody able to hear and understand that? It was perfect. It, it sounded great. Yeah, it was great, great. 
Excellent, excellent. So that particular device is made by a company called Softech out of uh, Texas. And that device was actually created for Walt Disney World about 18, 19 years ago. Uh, and they, it has special buttons that are, are raised. You can tell how they work very quick, easily and quickly and easily play, pause, skip forward, skip backward. It also will trigger automatically when you walk into a zone to let you know that there's content available for you there. So once the person from here, if they walked over towards the visitor, the, the exhibit entrance area, it would, bu it would buzz and beep. And then the person would, it would play a, a one track automatically that would tell them what's available there. And then they could select which track they wanted. Um, this next example that we have actually takes place much later in the tour. They've already gone through the, the history section. So they've heard about the Wright brothers. They've heard how they uh, developed the plane, went to Kitty Hawks, had the three different flyers. Um, and then they come around a corner and you go into an area called the flight room. And in the flight room is a replica of the original 1903 Wright fly, 1905 Wright flyer. And uh, then this is the track that is played uh, to describe, and this is a bit of a longer track. So this one's probably gonna be about three and a half minutes. So everybody make yourself comfortable and enjoy the description. Welcome to the flight room. To help orient you to the space and ensure you're out of the heavy traffic area, we suggest you enter the flight room and following the concrete wall to your right, move to the other side of the wall. Once there, stand with your back to the wall and turn to the 10 o'clock position. You are now facing toward the center of the room. The flight room is approximately 70 feet square. Two of the exterior walls, the south one located to your far left, and the west wall, located directly across the room, are made up almost entirely of glass windows and doors, revealing the view outside. The windows extend from the floor up to graceful arcs at the ceiling. The original flight line is visible beyond the south and west windows. Benches are located around the room and near the south windows on your left. Two exit doors are also located at either end of the benches, found along the glass wall on your left. In the center of the room sits a full-sized reproduction of the original 1903 Wright Flyer, surrounded by a waist-high guardrail. The aircraft frame is made of thin wood braces with delicate wires in an X pattern stretched between the upper and lower wings. Its wings, rudder, and elevator are all wrapped in creamy white fabric stretched tight across the frame. It is posed to represent the moment it first took flight, traveling from left to right, as if it's taking off from the ground in front of you. From left to right, or rear to front, first is the tall vertical rudder. Next, two large propellers, each with a visible chain that runs from the center of the propeller to a small black engine. The engine sits on the lower wing, just to the right of the center controls. The white, cloth-covered wings, one above the other, and separated wood braces are over 40 feet wide from tip to tip. Extending in front of the craft from the lower wing, directly in front and center, are small, narrow, horizontal wings called the elevator, used to stabilize the craft in the wind. The flyer is about 24 feet long from the elevator on the front to the vertical rudder at the rear. A replica of the launch rail and dolly sled used to help stabilize the airplane as it took off are visible beneath the flyer. Mounted on the guardrail surrounding the 1903 flyer at various intervals are five sloped exhibit panels that address the following challenges the brothers had to solve. They are titled Lift, Takeoff, Power, Thrust, and Control. 
The descriptions can be heard after selecting the 1903 flyer from the menu. Those panels are described in sequence under the audio track titled the 1903 flyer. The final exhibit extends across the long wall to your right and is titled Flying Machines. It shows the changes and improvements to the earlier gliders that took place between 1899 and 1902. The exhibit includes four tactile representations of the gliders. It is the final exhibit on the tour. Beyond the 1903 flyer, along the north wall of the flight room, a silent film made up of historic and current images of the Wright brothers' achievements plays on a continuous loop on a large video wall. In the northeast corner, between the railing around the 1903 flyer and the video screens of the silent video, is a smaller scale tactile model of the 1903 flyer for you to explore through touch. The tour continues at the 1903 flyer. From your 10 o'clock position, move forward about 17 feet until you encounter the guardrail surrounding the flyer. Once you reach it, turn right and follow the railing till you reach the sloped panel titled Lift, just before a tall, square exhibit case. For additional descriptions, press the round button. So that one, uh, again, so that one is a, you can tell that it's straight description. It's describing exactly what a person who was standing in that, in that spot could see. Aisha. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> um, tell everybody how many words that description project was. Just oh, to... my goodness. How many words <laughs> was that description project? It was to almost, give them an idea. <laughs> I, I think it was a, almost uh, 18,000 words. So this, the amount of content available at this location is almost two hours of, of um, description. Um, obviously, a person doesn't have to listen to all of that. It's arranged so that they, you can kind of skip through and, you know, it, but if you wanted to understand every single picture and every single piece of uh, media and uh, every text panel, um, you, you, you had all of that at your, literally at your fingertips. Wow. Um, another thing that the Wright Brothers Museum did and uh, the um, National Parks in this particular case did really well was they have a lot of tactile information in there. Mm -hmm. They did one wall had all tactile um, abilities to of the flyer itself and how things changed from one flyer to the next to the next. They added this, um, it's one tenth scale bronze model. And I think it's mentioned in what we just heard that uh, where, and again, anybody can go up and touch this thing. It, kids can touch it, adults can touch it. And in that description, it refers back to the flyer that you can see that's right in front of you. Yes, that's in the center of the room. That you can't touch. That you can't touch. Oh, no. <laughs> well, and it, and it sounded like, if I heard right, there were even four tactile models along the one wall as the evolution of the design changed from 1899 right. to, 2000, to, to 1902. Correct. That was kind of interesting. So you could kind of really feel the progression as they redesigned. Yeah. And one of the things when I talked about program design, that one of the challenges of, that museums have a lot of times is they want their, their content to be random access. So they want people to be able to wander around at their leisure and just be able to find things. Um, and that's all well and good, except for in a place that really isn't designed that way. So for example, the Wright brothers uh, story is told in chronological order through the museum exhibit panels. So for the first mm -hmm. half or two thirds of the tour, essentially that material goes in order. And if somebody wants to skip ahead, we had notes in the content for it to people that say, okay, if you're not interested in this, you can move forward. Or if you do want to stay and listen, there's like three more things here to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, 
But then once you turn into this big open room, that one does not really take place in order. So as the content design team, we had to say, okay, what is the best way for a person to understand this room? And originally the, the Wright brothers, the, the, the parks people, they said, well, we just want to be able to trigger randomly. If they walk up here, we just want to be able to hear it. And as Sheila pointed out to them, she's like, that makes no sense to me. She's like, I will wander into somebody. I mean, if I just wander over here and suddenly it's a random tactile object, but then if I step 15 feet to the left, now it's a, a, a panel on a reader rail. She's like, make uh -oh. my life easier. Uh -oh. Send me around it in an order. If I don't want to go, I won't go. Right. Right. And but yet, at least you knew where the there. order was. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah. Good job, Sheila. And, and that goes back, <laughs> yeah, and that goes back to having that, that voice of authority. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a trained professional. I've done this a lot. I can say that to them, but it doesn't carry the, the same weight as having Sheila say it, standing right there in front mm. of them, holding her cane, mm. looking at them like that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I probably looked like that too. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the Holocaust Museum Houston story in just a second. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which way do we go, George? We, we, we got that look down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that part of that team approach is like, I mean, an audio describer, yes, audio describers have to be able to see because otherwise you're not going to be able to. So, and doing it over and over again, and especially working in museums over and over again, you gain an, a body of knowledge that I think is pretty indispensable to understanding this. And that kind of goes back to uh, what you guys were talking about with Dry Tortugas. Martin wrote that tour and Martin is primarily does live description in Chicago. We hired Martin to work with us on the Holocaust Museum Houston tour and he wrote the first draft for it, but then I did all of the, the revisions and the rewrites when, when Sheila was there with me. So that was a bit of a team approach. Mm -hmm. um, but not having that front end design on the front end, not having that voice when it was being written in the first place is what le leads people down these, these wrong roads. And once that's done, it becomes very expensive to fix. Um, one of those, the phrases I always tell my clients is that, you know, paper is cheap and production is expensive. So if the more people that we can have with eyes on and in that conversation on the front, the fewer mistakes you're going to make that can't be fixed later mm -hmm. right? or sure. that can be fixed for a lot of money. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, just so you guys know, uh, Rick, I see two people with their hands up in the attendees. List. Yeah, we sure do. Question? We sure do. Ann Bliss. Hi, Ann. Hi, Ann. Go ahead, Ann. We'll come back to you, Ann. How about Janine? Okay. Hi, how are you? Hi, Janine. Hey, I just want to say I love audio tours and I grew up listening and taking audio tours, but now I'm blind. So they're really, really important to me now. So I have a question now, and I really love listening to you describe the White Wright Brothers tour, but it's kind of like, since it's so descriptive, could you just pre-listen to the tour? Like, is, is there a way you could get the tour ahead and then listen to the tour and then go and then listen while you're there too? Because sometimes it's so hard, you, you can't feel the tactile stuff or enjoy the museum while you're listening to the tour at the same time. I got to tell you, I think that's going to be one of the things that, that COVID-19 is changing in museums. Um, so right now there are a lot of museums out there who their, their entire purpose is to be an on-site experience. They create their exhibits, they have their buildings, they want people to be there. And yeah. for that reason, you know, they didn't put a lot of this kind of content online. Well, over the past four to six weeks, let me tell you about the mad scramble these guys have been on. To <laughs> online. So Most for example, definitely. 
uh, for example, the Holocaust Museum Houston, their content was supposed to be completely in-house. They weren't going to have it out there in the public. Um, I just got a text a few days ago from one of the things. They, they uploaded the entire tour online. I don't know if they uploaded the audio described tour online. I think they were in the process of doing that. If not, I'm going to shoot them a note and tell them that they should. Um, because some of these experiences, especially with the audio description for the public tour, um, if people can't come to the museum now, having that combined um, standard audio tour with the audio description, and we're actually going to get to that one in just a second, um, we'll, so I can hear a little bit of a difference. You can imagine how meaningful this would help make not just the blind visitor or the low vision visitor, but any visitor who wasn't standing right there. Um, actually, uh, Janine, does that answer your question? It does. Thank you so much. Sure thing, sure thing. And Anne, did you have a question? Yes, I do. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. So the audio device, is there a pause control and a rewind control on it if you miss something? Yeah, pretty much all of the devices have the, the purpose-built devices, the museum-grade devices have those kind of uh, features easily and they're very accessible. Um, the challenge that's happening right now is that museums are dumping these things left and right because now they're supposed to be giving something to a person and taking it back. Uh, the problem, though, is that the devices are quite expensive and pricey. So I think some of the people are going to be shelving the units for a while until they figure out if they, a, a, a vaccine and, you know, the quote unquote return to normal. In mm -hmm. the meantime, what they're doing is they're trying to take some of this content and have it repurposed to work with an app that would work on a person's phone or on their computer. They could listen at home or something of that nature. Um, in that case, the app itself would have those types of controls on it. But as we know from working with the different um, museum uh, app providers who provide these kind of app services for museums, their accessibility, uh, accessibility features, um, there's a wide range of, of completeness with them. The companies that we've worked with, um, some of them we've pushed kind of hard to up their game a little bit and make things better. Others, they're, they have their, they say, oh yeah, it's completely ADA compliant, which as we all know, that means nothing. Um, and then you get it and it's like, okay, yes, the screen reader reads what's on the screen, but the design is so confusing, it makes no sense to a user. So, so that's, and that's really where, we'll, and we'll get to advocacy in a few minutes, but, uh, but where advocacy comes in, when you encounter things like that, somebody's got to let that museum know. Um, because what happens is they'll say, well, we never hear from anybody. How do we know what they like? We don't even know if they're coming. Um, so making that phone call or sending that email saying, you know, I took, I, A, do you have audio description? Awesome. I took it. It was great. Or I took it and it could be improved. Here's what I would su suggest. Or no, you don't. Oh, well, you really should. Um, here's who you need to call and what you ought to do about that. Um, by the way, the ADA matters and you should take care of that anyway. Um, Jason, so, because of time, we need to move on to the next um, demonstration. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, the Holocaust Museum in Houston. So I have two tracks, <laughs> two tracks to play on that one. And this one is, a, is an example of the other type of tour I talked about. So in this one, the first track I'm going to play is something that would only be heard by the, um, the blind visitor. It's only on the audio described tour. And essentially, it's that same thing. You come in, you've, you've picked up your device. And in this case, they're using um, uh, iPhone, uh, iPhone, iPhone, iPod touches um, that has an app on it. So it would be working with the accessibility features. And they would hear this very short description of the lobby. Because in this museum, there's actually three different tours a person could select. And the building itself is very large and very confusing. So let me just play you this track really quick. All AD tours orient and begin in the open lobby area, just beyond the visitor reception desk, where you purchased your ticket. 
If at any time you need assistance finding this location, please ask any staff member. The pillar is located about 15 feet to the right of the visitor desk, away from the main entrance. From the AD tour start location, position yourself on the farthest side away from the desk and then face away from the pillar. From the pillar, the entrance to the Holocaust Gallery tour, bearing witness, is forward and to the right at about the two o'clock position. The architectural tour, titled From Darkness, Light, begins here in the lobby, then continues outside near the front entrance and parking lot of the museum and concludes with a final stop back inside the building. Note, however, that all of the architectural tour stops may be experienced indoors. The Human Rights Gallery, included in the Be the Change tour, is located in a large, roughly 50-foot square room off the main lobby, forward and to the left, near 11 o'clock. The Diaries Gallery, also included in the Be the Change tour, is located down the long hallway that leads away from the front doors past a stairwell and bank of elevators on the left to a glass wall at the back of the museum where the gallery is found to the left. The museum store is located on the first floor to the left of the elevators, just beyond and behind the Human Rights Gallery. The museum also has an education center located on the second floor, as well as a cafe and additional restrooms. In every gallery, including the lobby, gallery hosts are available to provide additional assistance and directions as well as answer any questions you may have. If you need anything at any time, please speak with any staff member. So in that one, and, and that's just like a, a general orientation, um, one of the things that the museum was adding, and this a lot of this was a part in part because of the, the opportunity that Sheila and I had to talk with their operations staff and their front of house staff. So when the person picked up their device, um, or they had downloaded or, or whatnot, they would, um, they would be able to tell them at that point, here's a general overview, the restrooms are behind you, this is here, here's how you get to this one location. They would also, that as part of the training, they would let the, um, the gallery hosts know that there was somebody in the building that was blind or had low vision. So they would be on the lookout for a cane, a dog, or dark glasses, or whatever they needed to be. And when that person walked into that space, if they saw them, they were supposed to introduce themselves. Um, and that's just, just that one. But let's say uh, the person has decided that they will, that, and again, goes back to agency, the person decides, I want to take the um, primary gallery tour first. So that tour um, called uh, Bearing Witness, that's the tour that's of the Holocaust Museum. And some information that you would have heard before you would have heard this next track that I'm gonna play is that whenever this track is playing, there is an audio, there's a describer, and the describer's job is they describe what's visible around you and in order. So there's one voice that describes that. Then there's a narrator. And the narrator, this is the same narration that is played in their standard regular tour, like Dan was describing earlier. In this case, it happens to be an Oscar-winning actress named Christine Lottie. Um, and then there's other voices that read panel text. So you can, and uh, character voices. So you'll hear all sorts of music and effects and things like that as the, the piece plays. This is another one that's a little bit longer. So everybody sit back and relax and we'll play this one. It, it'll follow, I think it's about three minutes, three and a half minutes. Nazism in power. The first panel located on the left wall is dominated by an image of a large burning building. In the upper left, the panel reads, Nazism in power. A quote below reads, the fire is just the beginning. There will be no mercy now. Anyone standing in our way will be cut down. Adolf Hitler, February 27th, 1933. 
Welcome to Holocaust Museum Houston. My name is Christine Lottie and I am honored to be your guide today. Beginning at the left end of the first exhibit panel, historic photos include Adolf Hitler standing in an open convertible motor car as it drives past dozens of men and women giving the Nazi salute, their right arms raised, palms facing down. In another photo, hundreds of saluting German citizens surround a bonfire at night, throwing books onto the flames. We will share with you some of the history of the Holocaust and highlight a number of artifacts, as well as introduce several of Houston's survivors. And as we do so, ask yourself, how did this happen? Could it happen again? What is my role? What can I do to help create a future without hate? Many visitors to the museum are surprised at how the Holocaust started. Gradually, and in full sight of a modern, well-educated population. A few feet to the right, near the midpoint of the exhibit, an inset case holds numerous artifacts, including at the upper left, a copy of Der Stummer, or The Attacker, with the anti-Semitic headline, Jews are our undoing. The case also includes a red Nazi armband, embroidered with a black swastika, worn on the sleeve of party members. Above the armband, a weathered copy of Mein Kampf, translated as My Struggle. It's white cover embossed with a gold Nazi emblem, a bald eagle, its wings spread wide, clutching a wreath in its claws. Inside the wreath, a gold swastika. Mein Kampf, which Adolf Hitler wrote as a prescription for the Third Reich and the Nazi Party, was published in 1923, following Germany's defeat in World War I. In it, Hitler laid blame for all the nation's misery at the feet of the Jews and advocated violence against them to restore Germany to what he saw as its lost glory. It didn't happen overnight. As the Nazis rose to power, the society around them changed and more and more restrictions on Jewish life were enacted. Above and to the right of the inset case, dozens of small panels display laws that were passed against German Jews. The first reads, Animal Slaughter Law Prohibits Kosher Slaughtering of Warm-Blooded Animals, April 21st, 1933. Survivor Leah Shander. The thing that I remember most is my father saying, it cannot last. We've been here for so long. We are German. We may be the Jewish faith, but we're Germans. You know, Germans first and Jews. The German people are not going to know this. The restrictive laws continue to the right along the top of the exhibit wall and stop about 10 feet before the end of the exhibit wall. Consider the Jewish laws beginning in 1933 with the ascent of Hitler and the Nazis. Limit Jewish students to 1.5% of total. Consider the compromises demanded of Jews prohibited from taking doctoral exams in small and mighty ways that gradually withdrew them from German society, excluded from journalism, not permitted to serve in the military, and their identity as German citizens, revoked passports, defined as un-German. Consider the gradual steps that prompted increasing isolation, banned from public gardens, sports grounds, shopping restrictions, and economic and social sacrifices, criminalized property transfers, forced sale of Jewish businesses, followed by threats to safety, forbidden to leave Europe, and what we now know followed the unthinkable. At the right end of the exhibit wall, 20 flip tiles include black and white photos on one side and explanation of what happened to the pictured individuals on the other. In the lower right, a young boy and a girl wearing Harlequin costumes for Purim hold hands and look toward the viewer. They are brother and sister, Ruth Schnitzer and Otto Schlami. Survivor Otto Shlomi, who is my father-in-law. 
the Nuremberg laws, which came into being in the 30s in Germany, it was the way that all of us got touched. In other words, my father had to give up his business. My mother had to, she had students she couldn't teach to an, a, a, an Aryan student anymore. And I had to leave the school because I couldn't mingle with Aryans in, in the public schools. The rise to power by the Nazi party in support of Adolf Hitler was a gradual but determined process. It took 12 years to indoctrinate German society to behave with utter prejudice, barbarism, and ultimately violence. The next tour stop is located on the opposite side of this aisle, directly across from the flip tiles. Once there, select November Pogrom and Torah to continue the tour. So that was, was the, you can hear the difference between those two types of tours. Um, I see that Debbie G has her hand raised. Debbie, did you have a question? First of all, uh, I have a question. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. Okay. My, I am just very touched by these, um, especially the Holocaust Museum. I'm sitting here crying. Um, but what I wanted to ask was, some of them are so wonderful. Um, can you, Sheila and, and Dan, you know a lot about this. I was wondering if you could discuss the UNID app and how that works for people like Janine who want to know if they can listen to tours and things ahead of time and if there's a way for um, spacious tours to get either there or someplace like that. Um, they need to be heard by people. They really do. And that's my question. Thank you, Debbie. Um, Dan, we've got about three and a half minutes. <laughs> sure, and I won't take very long, uh, but the Unity Project, which is the uni Universal Description Project, UNID, is uh, a, a, a project that's being kind of funded by Google and a partnership between the University of Hawaii and the American Council of Blind. And it's really first, Debbie, focused on national parks and doing the uh, description of the visitor brochures at all the national, the 400 plus national parks. But the wonderful thing about the Unity app, it is it's open source software. And we now have had the first museum, which is the Scandinavian Museum in Minot, North Dakota, that is now taking advantage of the app to use kind of do a, a low cost uh, audio described tour. And so I do think as it, it progresses, it has that capability, uh, although we're in its infancy, where it could uh, be a way for, for other museums and parks to take advantage of the Unity app. And if I could jump in real quickly, since we only have a minute or two left, um, it's really gets the, the very final part of it, which is advocacy. It's like to get these things online, um, calling the museum, sending emails to the museum, saying this would be valuable to me. And if, if you have it, Put it where I can get to it. Um, because some, and again, when it goes by the idea of the amount of money uh, and the investment that a lot of these museums have put into this um, is, is significant. And for them to be kind of like, you know, hidden behind, behind walls, as it were, is, is kind of difficult. Um, again, especially right now in light of how COVID-19 is changing the museum industry. Um, they are not going to have the same type of visitorship. Tourism is not going to rebound like it did, you know, real quickly after 9-11. It's going to take a little bit longer. And so this is a great opportunity, a perfect time. And actually, it's one of the reasons why um, I've been having Sheila and, and, and Dan and, and guys, we did the Texas Association Museums Conference. So we can get people 
blind leadership speaking to museum leadership and saying this would be helpful. And the second layer of that would be members of organizations saying just contacting the, the other organizations and saying, yes, this would be valuable for us. Um, we are down to one minute, Sheila. <laughs> I know. Hey, Station, yeah. Sheila, if I could just say one thing real quick, and that is the ACB virtual conference coming up here July 3rd through the 10th. Stacia has been working with Joel Snyder and Kim, uh, Kim Charlson and others. We're going to have two hours of audio described tours each day for all eight days of the convention. So this Holocaust tour, for example, you'll be able to listen to basically a, a huge portion of the tour as part of that audio described tour package that will be airing each day. Good. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I cannot thank you guys enough for being on this panel today. Stacia, thank you for what you're doing. Yes, you are very you welcome. So it's my pleasure. Thank you, Stacia. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. If you didn't get your questions answered, I am so sorry, but that's amazing how fast an hour goes. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> thank you, so, guys. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you at five o'clock for the awards and scholarship presentation. All righty, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, you're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream. And we are going to be playing some more exhibitor stuff for the next hour. And then the awards at five o'clock, which is very, very exciting. I don't know if you're, uh, if you're still there, Katie, if you want to say a couple things. Or I am. Go right ahead. <laughs> I have to say, I was so impressed. That was absolutely amazing. And thanks so much to Stacia, Sheila, Dan, and Leslie for that wonderful presentation. And I will be listening to those tours on ACB conventions. So you all were going to have some exhibitors and, and uh, convention sponsors during the next hour. And then at five o'clock, please join us for our FCB award ceremony. Thanks. This is our presentation of Guide Lights and Gadgets Incorporated. We are really happy to be here. And in the next half, half an hour, we're going to tell you about a lot of products. I'm going to do the first part of the presentation, and my wife, Kay Ann Rouch, is going to do the second part. This is Barry Schroyer, the seemingly the product development person for Guide Lights and Gadgets. And I'm going to start on the gadget side of the equation with a number of exciting things. The first and most exciting thing is that now GuideLights is a distributor for Orbit Research and its products. And I have watched Orbit grow. I have spent the last year working with their CEO. And I am happy right now to have in my hand one of the Orbit writers, which is the Braille Bluetooth pocket-sized keyboard that will be coming out sometime probably between the 1st and the 15th of June. It is so small, and the keys are really, uh, the whole device is impressive. It works very, very well. It's very, very solidly made, and the Orbit folks have done a really, really good job, and it's, it's a $99 plus shipping product, and I've already been talking to people, and people are just so excited about this, and they should be. We are also dealers for Orbit when it comes to their Braille display products, the Orbit 20, which has been here for some time, the new important Orbit 20 Plus, which has Braille translation added, plus a clock calendar, and sometime probably in August, and we'll be taking orders before that, the new Orbit 40 display. I saw a mock-up of it last year. 
I am going to see, and we're recording this uh, early on, in May, on May the 2nd, actually, but I will be seeing an actual working version of it in about a week or two. And that is going to be the least expensive large braille display that's been ever on the market. It's going to be $1,399, at least as of this point. And as again, it should be here, hopefully, of course, with COVID-19, things are always a little up in the air on manufacturing, but it should be here approximately the middle of August. So that leaves Orbit. Let me move into a bunch of other things. A really other exciting thing, I won't talk about this very much because it's something that's going to have to be really felt, is the new Inside Vision Windows, Bra Windows 10 Braille tablet. This is a truly remarkable device. It is a two and a half pound, totally operable Braille computer that starts and loads with NVDA, has both speech and Braille on it. And the keyboard is unique. You place your fingers, there are six, well, eight the keys there that are actually etched into the keyboard, but you don't have to keep your fingers on them for it to set. You guide yourself with the one and four keys. You can take your hands off. It's And the best braille is done actually when you have your hands on the keyboard and you're lifting your fingers up each letter. But that's a motion that's pretty easy to get used to. And it's very, very fast. It's a four gigabyte machine for RAM. And it's it's really the first totally independent braille computer that's just just one box as we say that's been in existence in quite a while um, the price of this is going to be five thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars there is and will be an introductory special and that would be something that people would want to call about it will be for probably 60 days after this convention or to the end of august so the braille tablet is really really exciting now I want to go to a product that actually was a product 25 years ago. Some of you may remember the sound of this. Play level one, six game match. Back. Love 15. That is a talking tennis racket that is totally accessible, made by Tiger Electronics, their feeling sports division in 1998. And we are very fortunate to have a number of these as new units in their original box. And they're going to be $60 each because they really were not getting that cheap when the game was actually sold. But it's an amazing game because you can actually physically stand up and play like you are a tennis player, doing a forehand, a backhand, a service, a volley. And you've got to be really safe that you don't hit somebody in the head, including yourself. Well, that's, that's, of course, unless you intend to. Um, if your significant other gets on your nerves, you have a nice, easy excuse then to um, add a little emphasis to the argument. I haven't done that to Kay. I'm very and glad I to say I haven't done that to Barry Oh, either. that's true. You haven't done that to me either. No, I have not. The next product I want to talk about is a very tiny thing. Um, we have finally located a really good two-in-one splitter for iPhones that allows you to both charge your phone and use your phone at the same time. I will tell you that most of the ones we have seen, even the ones that Apple makes, are quite thin, and these are not. They are very sturdy. Each of the plugs has its own actual little box to plug into, and they are very, very well made. It's a $25 splitter because of the way it is made, but it's a splitter that's going to last and not break on you, and we're happy about that. 
The next is something we've carried for a year and a half, although we have a new version of it, which is the three-in-one cable. I, I only want to carry one cable around with me. I want a cable to everything on it, and this has Android, Lightning, and micro USB. The beauty of it is, number one, it's 10 feet long. Number two, it has a steel core. Number three, it's about half an inch thick. And number four, and most importantly to me, each of the extensions for those um, USB, for the USB um, little cords, each of those little one-foot cords are protected with a brass collar so that they are really tightly connected to the main cable and they are not going to break. That cable is $20. We've been able to lower the price on that from our last one, actually, and this is a better cable. So we're really we're pretty excited about that. I want to move to talk about some leather products, and I know I'm going very quickly, but since last year, um, actually, I don't think we, I, I don't remember if we were there last year. My brain has been falling out in the last year, which is why I want to start a company called Be My Brain, folks. Instead of, be my, yeah, instead of Be My Eyes, I want to do Be My Brain. It's a big mess. Thank Lots you, of cleanup. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, you're right. We really need it. Um, we have Braille Touch Plus cases, and they are carrying cases not for use in the Braille Touch Plus. One of them is a very tight-fitting tablet case that is a very high-quality leather. The other one is um, of a little bit more durable leather, in a, in a, well, let me say, I guess I would say rougher leather in a sense. It has multiple compartments plus the tablet compartment case. These are really solid cases. They are both $60. Actually, the second one is a purse convertible backpack, so you can actually carry it in two ways. The... Next leather bag I want to talk about briefly is a combination purse backpack. The dogs are running out here. And this is like a hobo bag. If you take the zipper and unzip it, it becomes a backpack. If you zip it back up, it becomes a shoulder crossbody bag that you can actually carry the bag behind you on your back which is really good for not having to strain one of your shoulders. Those are both $60, and we've had really good happiness from people with those bags, I guess I would say. People seem to like them because they're sturdy. The next leather item is something that we call squeezies, and some of you may remember them. Our squeezies are these small pouches. We use them for cables and headphones because they make things not be tangled up. And what we are doing for this summer special is we are selling 10 squeezies in a package for $3.50 each. They are normally $5 a piece. And so a 10-pack of squeezies is $35. We also can supply them with headphones, but that'll be a different price. Our best-selling item I want to talk about next, and it's been our best-selling perennially for two years, it's our neck pouch that people use when they want hands-free communication when they're on the phone. And this is a pouch that is adjustable from your waist to your throat. It has three compartments on the front, one major compartment on the back. It will hold all cell phones that we have seen with the camera being able to be outside of the leather, which means it can be used for Be My Eyes or it can be used for Ira. It's very sturdy. It's a very durable leather, and we have sold hundreds of them, and that's been really the biggest product we've had in several years. I want to move now to a waste pack. We've been selling waste packs since this company started. I think people may say that I am basically enslaved to waste packs, but we have finally been, well, we finally found one 
that is deep enough to carry just about anything I would want to carry. It's about 16 inches long, but the most notable portion, it has about a 10 inch by 10 inch middle compartment, which means it's deep. It's made of a very solid cowhide, which means it's not gonna basically, it's not gonna fray on you. This is a solid leather. If you drop the pack, probably not, the stuff's not gonna break in it. Um, somebody once has thrown this with 10 pounds in it at me, but we won't go there. Um, but I've had no takers in there. I've had canes in there. It's a beautiful pack. Um, and it's, it's by far the best waste pack we've ever seen, right down to the zippers and the closures. It is $60, and it's just a pretty remarkable waste pack. We also have, and something that many people may be happy about, we have Victor Stream and Victor Trek cases now. They are not for using the device in it specifically, but they are protective cases for carrying it. And they're only $10 each, which is quite a bargain. And lastly, my favorite little case is what we call the toughest case in America. That's what the company who makes it calls it. It is a telephone or gadget bag, really. It's quite small, but it will hold an iPhone 8 Plus in it with a battery, so that's a pretty good size. And it's got several compartments for headphones, SD cards, and the, the leather is so thick that it really does form a protective wall around it. So let me um, stop for a minute because I'd like to turn this over to Kay, but I do want to give contact information to start, and Kay will repeat that at the end. We are Guide Lights and Gadgets, spelled out. Our website is www.guidelightsandgadgets.us, and the phone number for me specifically is 617-969-7500. It is B as in boy, S as in Sam, C-H-E-U-R, at S as in Sam, C-H-E-U-R.com. B. Scheuer at B. Scheuer.com. And I'll now turn this over to the person who's probably got a lot more enjoyable, pleasant, and fun products to deal with. They involve the puppies. Well, the puppies are enjoyable and fun, but uh, I don't know. Your products sound awfully good. Um, especially those bags you can throw around and, and hit people with when they get on your nerves. It's great. Um, in following up with what you were mentioning with the neck pouch, I just want to say that that neck pouch, although we've sold a lot of them for IRA usage um, to be you know, worn up around the neck to hold the phone, there are some other really good uses for them. Um, two of those are you can wear these. They're very adjustable. You can wear them as a crossbody. And I find them very useful for if I am flying somewhere through the airport or a station and I want to have all my little things close to me. And I would also like to have, um, say, some treats for my dog to encourage her to not pull the wheelchair because her job is not to pull the wheelchair. It's to actually take care and heal next to the wheelchair but that's another long story um so that little pouch is wonderful it's just the right size it has a snap pocket in the front for the treats it's got all the little customized pockets for for lots of other things and and i love it i use it a lot another great use for that again with the airport but probably anywhere you're out walking or traveling is to wear it with um your ID in it, um, just just small things for, for a quick walk. Um, I'm out with the dogs all the time. I'll throw my phone in there and, 
um, you know, so my keys, my, if I'm going to the store, some money, it's just, it's just a great little bag for, um, for so many uses. So I just wanted to, to toss that in. It's more than just the, the phone carrier. There's an awful lot that should do that. It'll actually hold a passport. So if you're seriously, if you're going through an airport, you want all your stuff close to your heart. Um, that's really the little bag to have. And for $15, that is basically yeah, probably the best value product that we have. Yeah, you really can't beat it. You really can't. Um, although another good product that we have uh, that's an excellent value right now, coming up on the holidays, uh, you know, with Mother's Day and graduation and, and, and beyond, we've got a special on um, small crossbody bags. You can get... Uh, and these are also $15. They're a little bit bigger than the uh, one that Barry and I were talking about. Um, and they're meant to be worn more as a crossbody. They're about eight inches by eight inches. Um, and we have a special on them. Uh, they are also $15 a piece. But if you buy uh, two of them, you will get one free. And I've got uh, a number of colors. So you will get an assortment of colors. You can match them to your outfit, which is which is kind of fun. Again, there it's a nice soft leather. Um, it doesn't hold a ton, but to to go out with with friends uh, on on, a, on an evening to the restaurant, it's plenty to hold what you need. And that's a really good special for the holidays. A, it really is. We and we've we've people are just delighted with them. We took a whole bunch of them to the, to our drugstore people last Christmas because they've been so wonderful to us. We took a whole stack of them in different colors and. All oh, those people just love the love, love them, so um, it, it's a great idea for that. All right. That being said, we'll move on into more of the the dog related products. I wanted to give you a quick go through on that. We're kind of known for our um, our travel stuff, and probably most specifically for the travel bowls that we do. Um, I specialize in a lot of different sizes of silicone bowls that will smash flat when they're not in use. They don't take up a lot of room in storage. Um, you can get them anywhere from a two cup size, three cup, four cup, six cup, and I think I even have a few eight cups. I've got one that's a two and a half cup that has a lid to it. And then I also have a couple of sets, uh, uh, two different sizes of these cups that will actually um, flatten down and zip together. So you can have your dog's food and water, and when the mess is all done at the end, you zip it together and throw it in your backpack, and there's, there's no mess at all. It's really a great little product, and those are running for the, the two-cup size. is a $20 um, item, and the three-cup size is 26 So um, that's something else to consider, some, some of the newer uh, stuff that we've been doing and we have tons and tons of dog toys which which most of you know I'm not getting into that because we just do not have the time to do it but I really encourage people call me if you want to if you want a toy for your dog your dog's a unique individual and we really need to talk about how big your dog is how aggressive a chewer I will help you find hopefully the right toy for your dog and it's it's something I really enjoy doing so please 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 call me when there's a need um, I carry a great line of soft toys of tough tough toys of all things in between some that squeak some that ring some that do 
all kinds of things. So that's all I'm going to say about the toys today because the time is just going way too fast. I'm still doing the airport leashes, which um, I've sold an awful lot of. They're basically uh, made of paracord, a braided paracord. There's no metal in them at all. So for those of you who are comfortable taking your dog's harness off and putting it on the belt, um, use one of these airport leashes to go through the alarm and it will not alarm. You will get through security very quickly. And that's how I do it. I have made the choice and I realize not everybody cares to do that same choice to remove the harness, but it does work for me. And I do offer that option for uh, a lot of folks. These are on sale also this summer, uh, $15 a piece. They typically go for 20. So, um, that is something to to consider again call me if you have questions um we have now the, the name of the company is guide lights and gadgets well it's it originally started out about lights and being lit up at night so that we are a little more noticeable things in boston can be pretty um aggressive which is where i was when i started working with this business so i made it my business to figure out some ways of how i could light us up a little bit and make us a little more, uh, make us stand out a little bit more and be a little safer. So I have a couple of different options that I'm still working with. Um, I have little individual lights. They're, they're shaped like dog bones, they're very cute. And you can clip them anywhere to a, a collar, a leash, a harness, a, your backpack, a zipper, anything you can think of to clip one on. Um, and maybe several. I had someone recently that just, just bought four of them and said, well, I'll just clip one here, one here, one here. And, and they're great, especially for those who are totally blind, because you can tell when they are on and when they are off. And that's really crucial for, for some of us. Um, I have another product that unfortunately, I have not been able to find it in a format that allows a totally blind person to know when it's on or it's off. For those who have a little bit of sight though, the harness lights are really awesome. You can put them on any dog's harness. There are some tricks for um, uh, over the years, uh, looking at all the different harnesses, there have been you know some difficulties with them. So usually I can help folks figure out how to make it work on their harnesses. It's a strip of six LED lights that will light up and they'll either be solid or they'll blink. Um, they do a great job. You can also put them on the dog's leash. Um, again, you can put them on a strap on your backpack. I had uh, one woman buy a couple of sets and put them on the, um, on the bars of her wheelchair because she felt that would be the most visible arrangement for her. So wherever your creativity takes you, these, these were not intended as um, dog products to begin with. I actually found these uh, looking at horse products. These were used with horses. So there you go. It's, it's all about the creativity and uh, figuring out what to do uh, with, you know, with the need to make, it, to make it suit your situation the best. And you could check those lights because what you could use is a light detector app on your iPhone, for example, or if you had a light detector in the house, you'd be able to check whether the lights are on or off if you carried it with you. That's true. That's true. I also am still carrying the harness luggage. That is not going to happen for much longer. The company that makes it no longer makes it. They, they stopped making it about two years ago. I was mortified. Um, and I bought up every single one of them I could find. 
I'm getting down to the end of the inventory now. It is not being remade anywhere. And it's, it's a perfect little, um, uh, little bag that will go onto the handle of the harness. It will also work with the, uh, the guide light strips, which I found out recently. You can configure the strips and the uh, bag in a way that everything fits on there nicely. Both of them are held to the harness by Velcro straps. So there's a lot of flexibility there in how to make that work. Um, those bags will hold a small drinking bowl. Uh, they can hold your, your, your keys, your, your goodies. Uh, there's an extra compartment for a poop bag. Um, I choose to put two of my dog's booties in, in ours uh, in case we're confronted with escalator. I've got it right there. And again, that's just my own uh, thought of what to do with it and how it works best for me. Um, we've got some things this year, the fur lifters that I have sold a ton of. These things are great. I actually have two versions of them. The fur lifters, imagine a uh, toilet paper roll, which is kind of round and hollow. But imagine that toilet paper roll, instead of being round, uh, being squared off and hollow. That's what a fur lifter looks like. On the outside of the fur lifter are a bunch of little silicone nubs. And those nubs are like little magnets for uh, dog hair. So if you're in a car, um, the carpeting down there, this is just ideal for carpeting, either inside a car, on the upholstery of a car. Um, if you have stairs or carpeted stairs, it's impossible to do a doggone uh, uh, vacuum going up the stairs but this this little thing makes quick work of it you just you just use it like you're brushing the dog and it'll just pile up a wad of fur that you can just throw away um, i have another version of it that's more for clothing it is a brush with uh, silicone bristles that are about an inch long and uh, it um, it uses the electrostatic uh, energy to attract the fur and you know you just do some swiping and uh, you you get it off and that's that's great to have right before an interview or some social function that, that you're going to so that uh, you're not carrying your your you're not wearing your dog into your interview um, we also have um, a hands-free waste bag carrier which I think I really think this is a six dollar item and I I truly believe that this, this should be something that is standard standard uh, equipment that goes out with every guide dog. Basically what it is is a strap that is set up so that it will wrap around the, the um, handle of any harness. And it is, it is constructed in such a way that when you take a loaded poop bag and you have a knot in that, you can stuff that thing up into the end of this carrier and you will no longer have to touch that poop bag until you get to an appropriate spot to um, dispose of it. This is wonderful. I was so sick of carrying those things around and I was so embarrassed once when a gentleman uh, from the neighborhood came out and offered his hand to shake and I picked up my hand to shake his and I had a poop bag in it. I was so <laughs> freaking embarrassed. So that doesn't happen anymore. That is a really good thing. They are $6. I'm having people buy them in the, in the threes and fours and fives and giving them to their friends because they think they're so cool. Um, very easy to afford. Um, I also have a few other things. Um, 
tooth and gum cleaning wipes. Now, if you have the kind of dog that sees the toothbrush and goes running the other way, or if you have one that tries to devour the toothbrush before you can even get the job done, these might be a solution for you. You, put them, you just rub them on the teeth. They have enzymes in them that will then work on any of the plaque or tartar. And they, they seem to work pretty well. And uh, my dogs don't object to them at all. And uh, it's, um, it's just, it's another option. Again, it's, it's, this is all about tools in the toolbox. You know, you, you look at the toolbox and you use the ones that uh, are going to be helpful to you. And for some, this is very helpful. We also have the um, wipes that are like a freshening wipe. So if your dog's starting to smell a little gamey, um, these are wonderful. They really absorb the, the oils, um, the excess oils, the smelly oils off the top of the dog's coat. And it does, again, it's really nice to have if you're about to go into a, an interview because there's nothing that'll turn a prospective employer out off, off of you than a, a stinky dog coming in. You know, that person's trying to figure out how you're going to fit into the atmosphere of their office. Well, you've got a, you got a dog that's, uh, that's interrupting the atmosphere in a really ugly way, and you really are not in, in a good position to be vying for that job. So that's, again, um, those are neat because they are travel uh, size. The, the bag reseals itself, so you can throw them in your suitcase and, and have them with you. It's very good. Um, the my favorite uh, leather pack actually is a very small hip pack that I found again was outstanding for traveling with a guide dog. It has a pocket on the outside that has a magnetic um, snap part on it. It is so quick to get a little treat for your dog to reward your dog if you're doing a new route and you're you're trying to cement that in and, and get that dog focused on what you're needing them to remember. Getting to that food quickly is important, but it's also important that the food doesn't all fall out of the bag the first time you bend over. So these are really good for that. They are $19. Um, they also have a zip compartment in them to carry your key, your money, your ID, that sort of thing. So it's, it's a real nice, nice, nice little um, it's the only one I carry anymore. We should really probably talk about shipping a little bit. And oh, yeah, yeah. Get, sort of because we got to. Um, we do. What we're doing now is a little bit different because we obviously don't want to endanger anybody and run to the post office as often. So what we are doing is everything is in prepaid envelopes, and the shipping is going to be $10 per prepaid envelope. Some orders have taken two of them. And again, we apologize for that. When things change, we'll go back to our previous shipping policies. But for now, it's just $10 a package. And that package usually holds a pretty fair amount. Well, but, and I will tell you, I am a master yes, packer. Yes, she, she is a master I have packed $150 worth of, of merchandise into one of those, uh, you know, eight and, a, eight and a half by 12s. Um, it, it can be done. She's a master packer and so, a master whacker with the racket. Yeah, well, that's another story. I, I know, I know. All right. We are give contact. We should give contact for you separately. Absolutely. Because yours, yours, yeah, K has a different number, which is a really, really good thing. Yeah, Barry, Barry's number stays so busy, I'd never get a word in edgewise otherwise. So if you would like to reach me, you can do so either by email at guidelightdog. I'm sorry, guidelightdogs at gmail.com or 
call me directly and let's talk about uh, what your needs are. Um, that, num that number is 781-286-1696. And I'll really look forward to, to speaking with you. I really enjoy this process. It's why Barry and I do this. We enjoy it. Believe me, if we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't be doing it. And when it gets to the point where we don't enjoy it, we'll retire for, we, for sure. And we can't wait till we can sort of go back on the circuit and bring this stuff to people for feeling. Yeah. Because that's really the best way for people to find what they, what they want. Sure Again, is. we're glad to do this. And we'll, uh, yeah, we hope that okay. you call us. So we'll see what we can do to help. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hello okay. to all of our Florida Council of the Blind friends. We are sad that we won't be seeing you in person at convention this year, but we are thrilled to be part of your streaming event. This year, Florida Vision Technology is officially celebrating its 20th anniversary. When I started in February 2000, the assistive technology industry was young, and there were just a handful of manufacturers and distributors. Opening the business felt right, and I was ready to jump in. The biggest challenge in the beginning was getting a used bulky desk into the shed in my backyard which my daughters named Lisa Berg Kretschmer World Headquarters. Three years later, in June of 2003, we moved into our first off-site location and opened a low-vision superstore. A lot has changed in the past 20 years, but more importantly, a lot has stayed the same. Looking back on the past two decades in the business, the stories of opportunities where we've played a significant role in our clients' lives is heartwarming. From helping a blind child navigate their new school campus to assisting an elderly veteran with low vision read his mail, we have been there. Florida Vision Technologies' focus is on proving the lives of the visually impaired and blind with custom solutions to help in school, at work, and with leisure activities. Over the past 20 years, Florida Vision Technology has employed over 30 visually impaired and blind staff members. Along the way, we've worked through some challenging times too. 9-11, the financial crisis and recession, manufacturer downsizing, and several hurricanes. Florida Vision Technology began with a focus on the assistive technology industry, including hardware and software solutions that foster independence in our clients' lives. We continue to enjoy a strong wave of growth and innovation. In this past year, we received top sales awards from two of our partner companies. We are so grateful and honored to work with our clients. Thank you for your trust in our team and our abilities to help you achieve your goals and your vision of success. The people we've met and worked with through Florida Council of the Blind continuously enrich the Florida Vision Technology team. Many of you have become friends and advisors, allowing us to grow and learn individually and as a company. Thank you for your unwavering loyalty and referrals. Being in business for 20 years requires having incredible, talented people in your organization. I am grateful for the unique opportunity to work with a group of passionate, caring, and patient colleagues. Their willingness to give of themselves is extraordinary and admired. Thank you for an epic 20 years and here's to celebrating the next successful chapters together. We begin our third decade with open arms as we anticipate what lies ahead post-COVID-19. I will now turn the mic over to our team member, Jose Centron, to tell you about a few new products we think you should know about. Hey everyone, it's Jose from Florida Vision Technology. I appreciate you all joining us today. Hopefully everybody's doing well. I just wanted to take a few moments to talk about some exciting things at Florida Vision Technology today. 
You know, just like you, I'm visually impaired and I use a lot of the products that we provide our customers personally throughout my daily life. I like to think of Florida Vision Technology as your one-stop shop for all your assistive technology needs. We carry everything from bump dots, white canes, braille displays, reading machines, low vision video magnifiers, and so much more. Speaking of reading machines, Florida Vision Technology now provides a device called the OrCam Read to our customers that are low vision, blind, or print disabled. So the OrCam Read is about the length of a pen. It looks to me like a flash drive that you would stick in your computer. On one end of the device, we have a camera that allows us to capture text where the OrCam Read will then read it out loud to us. Going across the top of it, we have four physical buttons. In the front of the machine, we have a circle button to capture text. We'll call that the trigger button. Behind that, we have a plus button to do things like raise the volume. Behind that, we have a minus button to do things like lower the volume. And then we have our power button. So I'm just going to wake the machine up real quick. There we go. I have a brochure in my hand. I'm going to read it by pointing my device at the brochure. It's about 8 to 12 inches away. I'm going to press that circle trigger button. Affects your ability to complete day-to-day -day tasks. It is time to consider what assistive technology can do for you. Our team of specialists includes a teacher. Of Super easy. I can go back a sentence by pressing that minus button. It is time to consider vision loss affects your ability Forward by pressing that plus button. It is time to consider our team. I can pause it by double tapping that trigger button. So now it's on hold. I could go wash my hands due to the whole COVID-19 situation. I could take a break, answer the phone, do whatever it is that I got to do, right? I have up to five minutes. And when, I'm, when I want to continue reading, I'm going to double press that trigger button again. Impaired and staff who are visually impaired who understand your diagnosis. And Super easy, guys. When I'm done, all I have to loss, either do is let it run out of words or I can go ahead and press that trigger technology. button. We can help. That's it super easy. You know, with the whole COVID-19 situation going on, a lot of people are having to do distance learning from home, working from home, or just quarantined at home. Well, one of the devices that we provide our customers, the Braille No Touch Plus, allows our students and professionals to do everything that they need to do right for the comfort of their own home. The Braille no Touch Plus is running an Android operating system, specifically Android version 8.1 Oreo. It has 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal memory, quad-core Snapdragon processor and a 21 megapixel camera. For those of you who have used the Braille Note products in the past, it also has Keysoft on there. Keysoft is what makes the device accessible for someone who is visually impaired via speech or refreshable Braille. And within Keysoft, we have different productivity applications. Let's go through those real quick. Contacts. So we have contacts is stay in contact with our teachers or our, uh, co-workers. Email to send and receive emails as well as, as attachments. Internet Chrome. So this device is using Chrome. And what I really like about this device is that when we go to a website, we're able to use standard screen reader commands to navigate that website. So I can do things like H for headings, E for edit fields, B for buttons, and so on. Play Store. Google Play Store. So I have access to over 3 million applications. So if I need to do things like Zoom for my Zoom meetings, or maybe I need to have team viewer so my teacher could see what's going on on my device, I'm able to do so. Word processor. Word processor. So I can go ahead and make my notes, fill out my reports, do anything I need to do with a word processing application. Planner. Key plan. Planner. lets me keep track of all my schedules. File manager. File manager. Files. 
calculator does everything from 2 plus 2 all the way up to advanced math. Easy Reader Plus gives me access to different library services like Bookshare. KNFB Reader allows us to take pictures of text using that 21 megapixel camera where the device will then read it out loud as well as show it to us uh, with the refreshable Braille display and we can save it for later use. Braille Terminal. Braille Terminal allows us to use the device as a standard Braille display. All applications. And all applications. So every app that I have on this device is in my all applications folder. So let's talk about one more device, the Braille Sense Polaris made by Hims. So it's another accessible tablet with a built-in Braille display that allows somebody who's working from home, learning from home, learning in school, or working in an office to be very productive. So I have the device in my lap right here. I'm just going to wake it up real quick. There we go. Go into the Programs main menu. And here we have things like File Manager, where we can access all our applications, whether it's on the internal memory, a flash drive, SD card, thumb drive, um, even through Google Drive. I like this device because it gives us quick access to our Google Drive files so we can edit, upload, and download files on the go as long as we're connected to the internet. Word, word processing, so we have a full-blown word processing application to take notes, write up reports, do anything that we need to do with a word processing application. Notepad, it's a very basic text editor. Uh, think of it as, you know, on your computer you might have something like Microsoft Word, but then you also have things like WordPad or Notepad, so same concept. Email, so we can send and receive emails as well as as attachments. Email. Exchange emails, so for those of you who need to have access to Exchange servers, we now have that. Media, so let's see what's in this media folder. So we have a media player, FM radio, just like the previous BrailleSense devices. Daisy player for our books. Okay, let's go down. Organizer, what do we have in here? We have an address manager, so that's our, our um, address book. Schedule manager. And that's all we have in this folder. Let's keep going down. Web tools. Let's see what we have in here. So we have our web browser for surfing the internet. Google search to look up things. And that's the last thing in there. Let's see what we have in extras. So we have Excel Viewer for spreadsheets, Online Daisy, and our Sense Dictionary. So for those of you who have used the previous Braille Sense models, you're familiar with that, right? So we have things like utilities where we can access various, set, various settings of the device. Settings, settings of the device. Help, that's very useful when using this device. Google Play Store, so again, we have access to over 3 million applications. All applications, so anything that's installed on this device is in our all applications folder. Now this device has 64 gigs of built-in internal memory. It's running Android version Lollipop. I mean, it's a powerful little machine, has 32 Braille cells. You can also get it in a smaller model with 20 cells. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So I just wanted to go over that real quick. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap for me. I hope you enjoy the rest of your convention. I am now going to pass you along to another team member of mine, Annika. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and I run the West Coast location. We have all had to adjust to the changing times and Florida Vision technology is changing right alongside everyone. We have been updating our website daily with current web-based events and helpful resources. We just released a podcast series which is available on Victor Reader, Google, 
Apple and Spotify streaming sites. We are also a few weeks into our TGIF Zoom with us series where we feature guest speakers who are industry specialists and friends of Florida Vision Technology hosted by Jose Cintron. We are available for technical support during the morning and afternoons on the weekdays via our Zoom Squad program. The mornings are designed for all end users of all ages on all available Florida Vision Technology products. And the afternoons are reserved for teachers of the visually impaired, students, and their parents. We are also offering 0% 12-month financing on all available humanware products, including Victor Reader Trek, Victor Reader Stream, Brilliant 14, Braille Note Touch Plus, Connect 12, and Reveal 16. We are offering a 10% discount code for the virtual FCB State Conference. The discount code is 2020, and it's valid till June 30th. 2020. I repeat, the discount code is 2020 for a 10% off discount. You can call us at 800-981-5119 or find us on the web at floridareading.com. Thank you all for allowing us to participate in the 2020 FCB convention. We look forward to hearing from you and stay well. Thanks. Bye. Hey, everybody, it's John Palmer with Patriot Vision Industries and Magnifying America. Boy, I was looking forward to having us get to the convention together like we always do, Uh, doing that for, what, now about 30 years, but uh, this is the first time ever I'm doing this, so here it goes. Uh, Some of the things that I want everyone to know about is our product lineup. The Patriot brand is absolutely by far the most spectacular innovative and forward-thinking design because we are the ones that said if you're going to buy an adaptive piece of technology why don't you make sure it connects to wi-fi we were the only only one and continue to be the only one in the world that is apple ios certified where we took actually their hardware and made our software centric to their hardware and created the patriot pro 12.9 so the patriot pro 12.9 i'll start with that one it's an iPad Pro, and you can do everything with an iPad Pro that you may already know what you can do with. Plus, we created it and made it into a CCTV video magnifier and a reading machine, optical character recognition. We did all of that in a very sleek design stand that we custom manufacture, and it snaps in, snaps out, it folds flat, it folds open, the adapter. Uh, to charge it is so simple and easy. It's just been a pleasure. We offer it in all generations two, three, and four. So the iPad Pro 12.9, the newest one, generation four, just came out at the end of March of uh, last month. And we're now a little bit before April. Okay, we're in May now. Sorry about that. But uh, that one, it, we offer it as well as we offered in the previous generation three, which has. Uh, no home button, but still very actively popular. And then we still have some of the home button we offered in. They're all new. And we, you know, we've really been able to do extremely well with that out in the field. It's great for those who want another video magnifying reading machine that other than their big clunky desktop machine, or for those who are first time uh, and, and for those who are traveling and those who are on the go, it's portable. 
portable, lightweight, foldable. What video magnifier in the world can you hold over your head and do a presentation? See, I'm holding it over my head right now. I know you can't see that, but I'm actually speaking with you while I'm holding it over my head. What do you think of that? Okay. So it weighs in on under five pounds. So it has all the accessible features that are standard with the iOS that you're come to love. If you're an iOS fan, it has voiceover, of course, magnification. And the way we custom designed the interface and our software, it's just been fabulous. So that product is $3,990. It's the most expensive product I'm speaking about today during this session here. But it's also the product that's got about $15,000 worth of adaptive technology built into it. What I mean by that is there's no need for you to run out and buy JAWS. There's no need for you to run out and buy Zoom text. There's no need to be tied to subscription plans and having to pay for extended services and all that jazz. And furthermore, I mean, let's face it, it's what's current and it's what's new. You know, our users have told us when they use our technology, the Patriot family, they feel part of the in crowd. What I mean by that is students that are visually impaired for the longest time have always said, I feel like different. My fellow students say to me, wow, what's that big machine you got there? And oh, why do you use that or whatever? Not with our stuff. Our stuff is popular, mainstream, trending, forward thinking. And for you to really know this and not just believe the words that I say, you would just find one of our customers and they'll tell you because this is really, truly the best testimony it's from our customers. Don't ask our competitors, whoever they think they are, because we really don't have competition. You know that. <laughs> because they won't tell you the truth when it comes to this subject. They'll tell you theirs is best. Well, of course, the most important thing is to look at the independent reviews. Sam at the Blind Life on YouTube, very popular. Look at his reviews of our products. So the next product is the Patriot Viewpoint. Many of you already own this as well. In fact, I could think of you right now, your names, but I'll name nameless. Let me tell you something about the Patriot Viewpoint. It's the world's best, and I repeat, world's best, really usable, really work, works, really, really does work, wearable, that you wear to see near, far, and all points in between. Watching TV, watching the ball game, getting back to going out to those live venues, Concerts. You'll be at the Ariana Grande concert in the nosebleed section and you'll feel like you're on the front row. Live entertainment, taking it on travels and parks, wildlife, animals, all the attractions. We know they're closed now, but let me tell you something they're opening up eventually. And when they're not open right now, reading your tablets, reading your computer screen, being able to do projects, it's no reason, uh, it's no wonder actually why. The Patriot Viewpoint is the most popular wearable in the country and perhaps in the world. With 40 dealers across the nation, you'll be able to get access to this product through one of our authorized dealers. You can call us, of course. You can go to our website, of course, which it's going to be published in a moment here. I'm going to tell you what it is. You already probably know how to get hold of me, but you can call us or you can look at our website and you could get more information and we could put you in touch with the dealer nearest you. It is the sort of like standard that raised the bar in the industry because the features it has, of course, are all the colors of a video magnifier, black on white, white on black and primary color. 
but it does it in such a big wide field of view. We have the widest field of view up to 110 degrees. We magnify less than 2x and 1x for that matter for those that have RP, that we could put more usable screen in the smaller field of view that you have. But we also magnify greater for those with central vision loss associated with eye diseases like macular degeneration or maybe Stargardt's disease, Leber's, Fuchs dystrophy, glaucoma, and others. So optic nerve atrophy, had a client the other day, could not believe what she could see. So some of the things I hear about from clients on the Patriot Viewpoint is, wow, one guy told me he's, I'm 85 years old and you brought my vision to when I was 18 years old. I never thought it could happen. I've had that kind of reaction. You could see the videos on PatriotVisionIndustries.com. You could also go to The Blind Life and see the independent review of the Patriot Viewpoint. And oh, it just works and it works incredibly well. When comparing all of the wearable options that are out there, because some have added and some have come together, you'll find that the Patriot Viewpoint is by far the best. And you'll judge it for yourself. You don't have to take anyone's word on it. Judge it for yourself. It does have the optical character recognition built into it, text-to-speech. Our award-winning optical character recognition has been around the most accurate. You can voice command it with the wake-up word, which is Patriot, by the way. Make bigger, make smaller, change color, take picture. The, and it's the easiest to use. And I mean that in such a complimenting way. We could have Albert Einstein on conversation with us right now, and he couldn't argue. Easier is better. Life is full of complications already, and we just want the technology to work for you because unlike other technology from other companies, you'll find yourself working for it. You don't want that. We know that. We know what you want because we listen. 32 years, I've dedicated my entire life to this industry, and I love what I do. In fact, how many jobs can you say you're incredibly happy doing it 32 years later. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. So what I want you to know is the Patriot Viewpoint is available and it's $2,995, just under $3,000. And of course, there's going to be a convention special. You know that. Every time we have a convention, I get together with you all and I love it like my family. I love you guys. I really do. And I'm going to reward and the convention special is going to be phenomenal this year perhaps bigger than ever. And I'm gonna tell it to you in a second, maybe a little bit longer. The other product that I want everyone to know about is the new Patriot Voice EZ. It's the standalone that stands by itself. Think of it as your Keurig coffee maker that does coffee. Well, this one just does something amazing and it reads to you just like an appliance, like a toaster or a blender. The Patriot Voice EZ has tactile buttons. It's simple to use. And it's going to be the new standard for all of the senior population, for instance, that might be wanting something just easy on their desk. Even if they, and even if you guys who are experts use scanners and computers, doesn't matter. Everyone wants this. I've got an executive, he's got 750 employees. He's like, you know what, John? I need one on each desk, my office at home and my office here. The executive director of the, well, I'll, I'll just say, I'll give you their names if you call me, okay? Let's just say that. Okay. Next. So what's the convention special? Okay, here it goes. You call 1-800-364-1610 and you'll get me on my personal cell phone. That's right. 
the 1-800 cell phone guy, John Palmer. And I will offer to you any purchase made $2,000 and up a free 7-inch video magnifier that you could have sitting in your breakfast nook on your dining room table, ready to help for reading those newspapers or magazines or your mail. As a secondary option, it's wonderful to have one of those seven inch devices. Now, let me tell you, those are $995. That's a $995 value, free. It's unprecedented. The reason for this, quite frankly, is it's a reward for you taking the time to go to this virtual convention, something so foreign to me, new and different, but something I really feel you'll love. So let, let me tell you the seven inch magnifier and the features it has. It has, first of all, FHD. It's full high definition. It's the only one that I know of that has a touch screen or tactile buttons, both. So you could spread your fingers on ours, you know? It also has voice memo recording and some other features for distance and near. And it's of course foldable and very lightweight. It's called the Patriot 7 FHD. Yep, it's another one of our branded products and our beautiful lineup of Patriot family of products. The Patriot 7 HD is $1,000 value, free with the purchase of $2,000 and up. So you may decide, well, wow, that's like getting something at half price if I buy something at $2,000. Yes. The feature, the, the products I featured today were three. They were the Patriot, in summary, they were the Patriot Pro 12.9. I mean, I the tried Patriot everything. Viewpoint, wearable. Well, we can't get And the Patriot this. Voice EZ, standalone reader. Stop five, exactly. Yeah, I invite you to call 1 800 364 1610 to get me, 1 800 364 1608 to get the main office. It says Zoom audio. You can also reach I'm not gonna ask you my now. son Charles, many of you know, 1 800 364 1612. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we've got a lot of 1-800 numbers because we want to be easy to access. You could also reach us at magnifyingamerica.com through our website, and you can view patriotvisionindustries.com to see videos, to see tutorials, and to see all the specifications and so forth of our products. I encourage you to do so. Thank you, and have a great, great show this year. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, this is Jason Castingway, and we are about to begin the five o'clock segment, the FCB okay. awards ceremony. Oh, how, how come we don't get no picture? I, uh, you don't know. Hey, Jason, let me let me take sure. you from here if I could, please. Because maybe because people can't see it. Maybe they can. That's why, maybe why. Start Hi, the, the host has disabled your video. Oh, so he everyone did. needs to mute their mics, please. Yeah. yeah, everybody, everybody kindly mute, please. I'll explain to, I'll explain here in a minute what's going on here. Thank you, everybody. There was, uh, this is Rick Morin, by the way. I'm the person running the Zoom and Jason Castangue, whose voices you heard, whose voice you heard a little while ago is the gentleman who's making ACB radio happen for us. And we're very appreciative to have Jason here. Um, this session, um, we've got about 30 people that are scheduled to talk in this session. Um, so everybody who is a panelist, everybody who's supposed to speak, has the ability to mute and unmute your own microphones, okay? Um, if 
you happen to be on the attendee side, if you did not use the your panelist invitation to enter the meeting, and if you don't have any controls to mute and unmute yourself, uh, and you're supposed to be speaking in this session, kindly raise your hand, please, so that I can recognize you and move you to where I need to, need you to be so that you will be able to speak. So as we progress through this session tonight, uh, because there are so many people speaking, as you are called by whoever the, uh, the, the MC is at the time, please unmute your own mic. And um, if I see that you're having difficulty unmuting, I'll try to uh, assist you with that. But I'm going to need uh, you folks to be muting and unmuting yourselves. When you're not speaking, kindly make sure you're muted. And, uh, and that would be terrific. Now, I see I've got a couple pe people here on the attendee side with their hands raised. So let me, let me deal with this. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Okay, Mikey, you're going to go over to, you're over on the panelist list now. Jim Crott, um, I'm going to allow you to talk and you know how to mute and unmute yourself. Um, okay. Katie, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we, we can hear you. We're, <laughs> we're, we're supposed to have 30 people um, here you know, in the room to speak. There are not 30 people here. I see that. I'm hoping they will come on. And if not, I will try and contact them. Yeah. So it's, so it, well, so what I ask, I, I just ask everybody's uh, indulgence, please. If, if uh, someone is called and they're not, they don't speak immediately, kindly just be patient while we try to sort out what happened. The person may or may not be here. So we'll be trying to find that person. Again, there are 30 people in, in this session, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a challenge to, to manage everybody who was just speaking, please. This is Sila Miller and I'm supposed to be a presenter, but I think I've signed in the wrong way. So no, no, Sila, you're in the right place. Excellent. Okay. You're exactly I'm where you need to be. Again. So I'm going to, I'm going to mute you. Sila, I'm looking for Molly Hall. I don't see her on here. I'm here. Okay, wonderful. Um, I think it's locked maybe under Charles, or it may say Molly. Okay, Rick, do you see her so we can get her in the right spot? Yeah, I mean, if she was able to open her mic, she's on the right side. So, yeah, okay. Molly, Molly Hall is here. Thank Great. you, Molly. So Rick, Molly, you I'm have on. Doug Hall on this side? Yes, sir. George okay, Kellogg is here. Then. Huh? George Kellogg is here. Kindly, kindly mute yourself, please, Doug. Georgia, you're good. Oh. Just make sure everybody's muted and, and it shows re you, right? It doesn't show me. Kindly re remain muted until you're called upon, and then you can okay. unmute yourself. Again, I we apologize for the uh, the delayed start yeah. here, but it's it's important that we get this right before we start here, folks. Hello. Okay, again, folks, please do not unmute yourself until uh, it, you're called upon to speak. And Katie, I think we're we're as good as we're going to get for now. So if you want to go ahead and kick it off. I would be happy to do that. Hello, FCB. Hello, ACB. Hello, ACB Radio and all other guests that are joining us this evening. We are very happy that you are with us during our annual FCB Awards Ceremony. We have 
people on the audience side who are here to he listen to their friends and families receive awards. And we certainly appreciate the fact that you are here. And we have people on the other side that are receiving awards. We have two types of uh, awards that are going to be given tonight. We have uh, state awards, we have chapter and state awards, and we have scholarships. And we also have three presenters that are our sponsors that are going to be presenting during the uh, session, session this evening. Um, the person that's in charge of the awards committee is Ms. Cassandra Jesse. And Gabriel is in, Lopez is in charge of the scholarship committee. Um, so what, if it's okay with you, Gabriel, we're gonna go ahead and uh, Cassandra is running a few minutes late. So we would like to start with our first um, award ceremony presenter and it's Democracy Live. So Mr. Brian Finney, you have the floor, sir. Well, thank you so much. My name is Brian Finney and I'm the president of Democracy Live. And it is a great honor to help sponsor and support the Florida Council of the Blind. So thank you for the opportunity to speak to you today. And, and well, what I'm gonna be speaking to you about briefly is about this, uh, this little election that we have coming up. Um, happens every four years and, and we pick a, <laughs> turns out that we end up picking a president. And uh, you know, we at Democracy Live believe that every vote uh, matters and that every vote should be counted and that every voter have equal access to how, how they vote. Um, and as we know, uh, given the current uh, health crisis that we are all persevering through, um, more and more of us are gonna be voting from home uh, across this country. Uh, Democracy Live has been around now for over a decade, um, helping to support states and localities and jurisdictions provide equal access to voting and voting information across this country. In over a thousand elections, we've been providing an accessible absentee at-home voting solution um, in nearly 600 jurisdictions to voters all around the country. Um, and given uh, coronavirus, more and more of us will be voting from home. And that means that um, all voters, right, have access to the ballot, but some of the voters have a uh, more difficult time getting to the ballot. And that's especially true now when you have, um, Virtually all voters can vote from home in 2020 because of coronavirus. The only voters that are in some cases forced to go down to a, a public touchscreen machine and, and vote on an accessible machine are voters with disabilities or for voters who can't see or mark or, or hold a postal paper absentee ballot that's mailed out to them. And uh, so that's why we exist, uh, Democracy Live. We provide a fully audio-enabled, um, accessible, WCAG 2.0 AA compliant balloting experience in the home. Um, it's something we've been doing now for, as I mentioned, nearly a decade um, to serve all voters, regardless of disabilities, to be able to have equal, independent, and private access to the ballot um, at home. And I'm out here in Seattle, Washington. We've been voting 100% vote by mail now for, for about a decade, and all voters can vote from home. Um, uh, voters with disabilities, so voters who happen to be sharing your video. Do you want to share your video? Yes. You're in the meeting now. Voters who happen to be blind um, uh, should not it be the like only the, voters. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It looks like the host won't allow the video. That's fine. Kindly mute your microphone, please. Are, are, it shouldn't be the case that, that only voters who happen to be blind or, or voters with disabilities are the only voters 
who have to go to a public in-person uh, machine to go vote when all uh, their neighbors and your neighbors can vote privately and conveniently and securely and safely from home. So because of that and because of the strong efforts of the Florida Council of the Blind, um, we're making great progress in Florida um, to help provide this type of a technology, the same technology that's been deployed all over the country now um, to provide you all in Florida the convenience and the safety to be able to vote, if, if you want, from home on an absentee ballot. Um, and because of the, the great efforts, um, I'm, I'm going to call out uh, Mr. Crott, uh, Jim Crott, and, and individually, and, and I know that the members of the leadership of the Florida Council of the Blind have been very strong proponents to ensure that the state of Florida also offer this type of a technology uh, where voters can vote, you know, fully independently and privately at home, especially during uh, COVID-19. So that process is in place right now. In fact, I just got a report from the uh, Secretary of State's office in Florida this morning that the, uh, the Secretary of State and, and I believe maybe even the governor are going to be signing off, hopefully, um, on, on blessing this technology. We had to go through a certification process. It's taken a little while, um, but I think we're at the, the, the final leg here of, of this, of this uh, certification process. So uh, for those of you that want to vote privately and, and independently from home, you'll have the opportunity to do so. We're not quite there yet. Um, the final decision makers have to sign off on it. And then there is a, a funding mechanism that just recently was passed uh, under something called the CARES Act. That was the stimulus uh, uh, funding that just came out um, in the last month or so to offer uh, the state of California, or I'm sorry, state of Florida, $24 million to help advance um, elections technology. And so um, from our standpoint, you know, the, the type of system that we provide is, um, it's, it's really a web portal. So very similar to those of you that sometimes go to amazon.com and, and, and go shopping or, or go to Facebook and, and socialize, you'll be able to log into a website and access your ballot. Um, you can use your screen reader, whatever type of screen reader that you have. Uh, the system's been tested for, I believe it's over 90 different combinations of, um, of web browsers and operating systems and screen readers to make sure that it's fully compliant um, for those of you that want to be able to access and mark your ballot privately and conveniently and safely from home. The way that it would work is that once you log into this secure portal uh, using whatever screen reader that you have, uh, you're able to listen to your ballot, you'll be able to mark your ballot, you'll be able to review your ballot, and then at least in the state of Florida, you would then print out your ballot and then put it into the envelope to be returned back to the uh, elections office, just like all other absentee voters in the state of Florida. So with that, um, I'm just going to wrap it up and, and say, you know, again, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. And regardless of how you vote, please go out there and vote. <laughs> Provide the tools and the technology and the bridge to make it easier for you. But hopefully we're all going to be participating in the democratic process in this very very important uh, upcoming election. So thank you very much. And I'd be happy to take any questions if, if you have any. Hold on just one sec, Brian. We've looks like we've got one. Let me just find it here. I think it's Jim Crott with his hand up. Hi, this is Rarella. Can you guys hear me? Rarella. Sorry. Yep. Hi. Um, I just have a quick question. This is, um, I'm a new U.S. citizen. So um, I'm 
planning to vote this year on this coming election. Um, how accessible is the uh, voting machine? Well, thank you, Florella, and, and congratulations and, and being able to vote this, this, uh, this election. And, and to be clear, what we are talking about here with this, this system, it, it's called OmniBallot from Democracy Live. And really what this is, this is an at-home uh, voting uh, web portal. So it's an online uh, website, essentially, that would allow voters at home to be able to vote um, independently and privately without having, having to ask somebody to vote for you, um, a paper postal ballot at home. Um, there are voting machines, certainly at your polling places. And I'm, I can't really speak to that, um, but for the purposes of, of Democracy Live and, and, uh, and OmniBallot, what we're trying to do is extend accessibility beyond just the polling place because vote by mail and absentee voting is the fastest growing method of voting in the country and in Florida. We wanna make sure that accessibility doesn't end at the polling place, it can be now extended into the home. If that helps answer your question. Nancy Burgess, you have your hand up. If you can unmute your phone, you can ask your question, please, or unmute, unmute your mic. If not, we're gonna have to move on. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm here. Good. All right, um, my question is how, hold on just one second. Alexa, lower volume. Okay, I've been listening to Alexa. Anyway, um, I want to know how the individuals and chapters can um, move this along. Uh, do you have any recommendations? And then I'll hang up. It's probably the, the best question that can be asked, and, and that is how to make it happen. Um, you know, although the name of our company is Democracy Live, capital D, um, you know, we believe that small d democracy still matters and that the decision makers and your elected officials, so the Secretary of State, um, even the governor, um, and your local uh, registrars of voters um, or supervisors of elections there in Florida, they really need to hear um, from, from you all. So if this is something that you believe in, that you believe it's, it's, it's your right to be able to vote uh, in whatever method that you wanna be able to vote in the same method as, as other voters, uh, whether it be in the polling place or at home, then they really need to hear from you. I hear from them quite a bit that for this to happen, they really need to hear, you know, from the from the beneficiaries, from from the voters that would part uh, benefit from it. Florida is is actually one of the leading. Um, you know, there's probably ten to twelve other states that are doing it. One of those now is is Florida, and again, it's it's. I think it's a direct um, the direct reason for that is because of of the members of the Florida Council of the Blind and, and, and Jim and, and leadership um, that have really been pushing the state to do this. And now it's gonna be very incumbent for you all at your local level to reach out to your supervisors of election. Um, again, we're in the final stages here of, of final certification. It won't be a, a big lift to make it available to you all um, once it's been certified. But I think right now, especially the elected officials. So if you have a supervisor of election, the Secretary of State, um, if they hear, the more that they hear from you all that this is important, the more they're, they will make it a reality for you. And Brian, that's all the hands that were up. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, if any of you have any questions at all, my name is Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at democracylive.com. Uh, I'd be happy to answer any further questions. And uh, again, this has been a great honor to be able to help support and, and, uh, and participate in your, in your convention. Thank you very much.
Cassandra Jesse is our awards committee chair and Cassandra, we're ready for you to begin the awards. Good evening. Good evening, everybody, and welcome today. My name is Cassandra Jesse. I am your award chair, but but I um but I could not do this without the help of my team. So I want to thank Gabriel and Barbara Brown. Um, I definitely gave them some challenges and um, they definitely uh, stood up to them and uh, tell you we have a, a, a um, array and a plethora of awards to give. Um, thank you all the chapters who, um, who definitely sit in and, and recognize the people in your chapters or the people in your community. Um, so we're gonna get started. Um, we're going to start out with, um, Brian Phoenix, right parent, just right parent. we're going to start with the Jess Bill Award and Sila, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Go ahead and surprise them people. Well, thank you. Good evening, FCB. It's my honor to be with you tonight to present the William Farrell Just Bill Award. This was named after a gentleman who I knew and loved. He was a longtime member of the Florida Council of the Blind and a lifelong humanitarian. He lived his love and caring, and he was the director of the Tennessee Agency for the Blind. After he retired, he and his wife, Dorothy, moved to Florida, where they started an affiliate uh, in Broward County. And he also served as, as a Project Insight peer counselor for many years. And for those who may not know, Project Insight is an outreach at the Florida Council where peer counselors are paired with people who are losing their vision or who have recently lost their vision to tell them about uh, resources that are you know, available to them in their area. Um, this award goes to someone who has gone far to better the quality of life for people, be they blind or sighted, a true humanitarian who has contributed their time and caring for others. And it is my sincere honor tonight to recognize and celebrate my favorite veterinarian in the whole wide world, Dr. Patrick C. Hall. And before I turn it over to Dr. Hall, who I hope is on the call, um, I just wanna read a little bit from a letter. Um, basically, Dr. Hall and his fellow veterinarians technicians and receptionists at Westwood Animal Hospital live their love for animals and their families each day. This is especially true for dog guides and their handlers. For over 30 years, I've accompanied my husband and his working and retired guides for everyday checkups, various treatments, and occasional surgeries. During all that time, Dr. Hall has generously offered the dog guide teams a discount on treatment and medicine. And not only that, but he networked with a local manufacturer of a heart, worm, and flea preventative maintenance medicine to get that medicine into the hands of those dog guide teams free of charge. A visit to Uncle Dr. Hall means gentle examination, honesty, hope, and enough helpful information to make the best decision for the problem at hand. He's never too busy for a phone call consultation. And just like what I said about um, Bill, he lives his love. Uh, he's easy to follow his down to earth uh, manner that he explains the procedures to you, whether conveying mundane news about a teeth cleaning or more serious tidings, you leave the conversation understanding the procedure, your options, 
and above all, that there is genuine care, pardon me, caring for your fur baby. And inevitably, as it must, when the end comes, Dr. Hall and his caring and compassionate staff give the grieving family just the right amount of space and support. And Dr. and Mrs. Hall further embody the true spirit of humanitarianism with their involvement and assistance to the Down Syndrome Association here in Tallahassee, the Gretchen Everhart School, which serves um, students with intellectual disabilities and to their church. So it's my great honor to recognize and celebrate you, Dr. Hall. Thank you so much for all you do. You are the greatest vet in the whole wide world, and we love you. Thank you so much, Sila. I'm truly humbled by that presentation, and um, I've loved y'all for 30 years, more than, uh, and your pets too. And and all of our pets are special to us, and I know yours are to you, and, and, and you embody that in your pets. And we've always felt, and I've always felt, that I wanted to be treated as uh, – one of my clients to be treated as I would want to be treated. And so I've always tried to do that and share that. And uh, I love y'all. Uh, I, I appreciate, you know, what your dogs mean to you as family and, and our dogs do that too. And uh, I just hope that I can always be there for you whenever you need me. Thank, Thank you so much. I hope we were able to surprise you a little bit and we love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Barbara, you're up. Okay. This is, award is for the Dolly Gamble Award, and it's for a very deserving person for her dedication and communication to better the lives of the visually impaired. And she works to promote the betterment of the visually impaired, helping to achieve independence and confidence for people of all ages who are living with blindness. Now, this Dolly Gamble Award is very well-deserving, and I, I'm saying this because um, once the letter is read, you will see that um, this lady was responsible, or not responsible, was involved with the um, Lighthouse, the Tampa Lighthouse, and so was Dolly Gamble. She spent a career doing things for All the right. blind and visual impairment. So um, could I have Patty please read the letter? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, well then I'm happy to read this letter. I am writing to nominate Diane Luce for the FCB 2020 Dolly Gamble Award. Diane attended college at Florida State University and graduated with a degree in visual disability and a specialty in orientation and mobility from the College of Education. Since graduating, she has worked with adults and children with sight impairments and other disabilities in the states of Florida and California, focusing on the areas of orientation and mobility and low vision. She imparts methods and knowledge for using a white cane, crossing streets, accessing public transportation, and using various vision magnification devices and enhancement techniques. Throughout her career, Diane has also had many opportunities to work with families, caregivers, and public and social service providers to help them understand and accommodate the unique needs of individuals who are blind and visually impaired. Diane is an employee of Orange County Public Schools, working as a teacher of students with visual impairments and orientation and mobility. Diane also currently works with children and adults of all ages at Lighthouse Central Florida. She has a certification as an orientation and mobility specialist 
through the Academy for Certification of Visual Rehabilitation and Education Professionals. Diane maintains membership in the Academy for Certification of Visual Re Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals and the Association for the Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, as well as the Florida Association. In addition to her chosen career, Diane serves as the Region 5A representative on the Environmental Access Committee of the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, covering Florida, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. She was also a member of the Transit Advisory Committee, the Transit Transportation Committee of the Orange County Disability Advisory Board, the Orientation and Mobility Committee for ACVREP, and the Access Links Appeals Committee with the Central Florida Region Transportation Authority. Diane chairs the Central Florida Advocate for Accessible Public Rights of Way, a committee dedicated to addressing local issues concerning environmental access for people with disabilities and has served on the planning committee for the White Cane Day in Central Florida. In addition, as if that wasn't enough, <laughs> Diane has started a group called Seeds of Inclusion, a community service organization that creates innovative horticultural, gardening, and environmental stewardship programs for young adults with diverse abilities. In her spare time, she has assisted with writing our description for our Hotels for Convention for the past two years. It is clear that Diane has dedicated herself and her career to better the lives of the visually. Diane brings such an impressive range of skills and experience to her work, combined with a deep and authentic respect for each and every student. She tackles this with endless enthusiasm and exhibits a passionate commitment to facilitating independence and confidence in people of all ages who are living with visual impairments as well as other disabilities. It is my pleasure to recommend her for this award. Diane, it is the Florida Council of the Blind pleasure to award you with the Dolly Gamble Award. You are very well deserving and I look forward to one day meeting you in person because I don't know how you do it, where you get the energy, or you said spare time. I don't see any spare time there, but you're just wonderful and, and well-deserving of this award. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. It, it means a lot. I, I just have to say that there are a couple things in that letter that are um, in, in my past. I'm not doing all of that currently, so if that helps everybody to kind of understand because I was getting exhausted just listening to it <laughs> but, um, I, and I and I do I just want to also just um, make one correction that I did not start the organization Seeds of Inclusion but through the Lighthouse Transition Program I, I have the real pleasure of working with this organization who has done so much for our young teenagers uh, in the Central Florida community who are visually impaired. They really are a fantastic organization themselves. Um, I, I just want to take a moment and say thank you to the people that were responsible for nominating me. I'm, I don't know if I know of everyone, but I know Judy Matthews and Chris Sacco from Lighthouse had something to do with it, and Lee Nasihi, who used to be our executive director there. I want to thank the uh, Florida Council of the Blind and the Convention Awards Committee um, for finding me worthy of the award, and I have to thank 
all of my colleagues who I um, learned something from every day and students as well. Um, I, I learned that I was given this award last weekend when Sheila Young called me and I was really surprised because I, I wasn't even aware that I'd been nominated. I'd never heard of Dolly Gamble before. So I, I was driving at the time. So I had my son quickly look up a little bit about her. And then I spent some time this past week um, trying to read a little bit more about her. And I must say she herself sounds like she was an incredible woman. Um, she laid the groundwork for the Miami Lighthouse to get started. She, as a young woman in the 1920s, was out in the Miami area trying to bring people with vision impairments together and, and uh, find a way to support them and empower them. And um, this was all just a few years after women even had earned the right to vote. And certainly long before we had laws that protected people with disabilities in employment and education. So what an amazing role model and to have any association with a woman like that is a true honor um, that I don't take lightly. Um, so again, I just wanna thank you all. And I say it often, that this work, this field of work gives to me more than I ever give. I get more from it than I ever give. And that's truly the case today with the award. And uh, thank you so much. All right, Mr. Gabriel, you're up. Thank you, Cassandra. Good evening, everyone. It is my honor on behalf of the awards committee of the Florida Council of the Blind to present um, the W.A. Oots Award. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'll give you a brief overview. W.A. Oots was involved uh, with the Florida Council of the Blind since the early 70s until he passed in the 90s. And um, the criteria that is used to select the person or persons who are receiving this award is someone who exerts leadership skills within the FCB and um, within the FCB structure and uh, who does it with effectiveness, who does work in different areas of FCB, and uh, who is constantly responsible and has FCB as one of their priorities. So having said that, um, it is no, it was no surprise to receive this nomination. Uh, we have not one, but two people receiving this award. And uh, I, I, I always like to keep an element of surprise, but it's so difficult with them. Um, anything and everything FCB or even ACB related, they've done. Obviously, fundraising being their baby. Um, <laughs> they wear so many hats, I couldn't possibly start listing them from membership engagement, from fundraising, from the walks, from the hurricane project, the audio description project different positions within FCB, within other special affiliates, within ACB. Um, I think all <laughs> and we'll have Patty kindly to read the letter of nomination for us. Uh, Dan and Leslie Spoon, it is my pleasure to award you with 2020 WA Oots Award on behalf of the Florida Council of the Blind. And here is the letter. I would like to nominate Dan and Leslie Spoon for the WA Oots Award. Dan and Leslie have been members of FCB for many years. You notice they didn't say how many. Taking on many different roles in our organization. Dan has acted as membership secretary, vice president, 
and the chair of the fundraising committee, as well as participating as an active member on many other committees. Leslie has been extremely involved in the FCCLV, fundraising for the regional, state, and national organization, the Education Leadership Committee, and presenting exercise classes and education for our state conventions. Dan took on the challenge of creating our fundraising committee and has helped FCB obtain financial gains, putting our organization in good financial standing. However, Dan never works alone. Leslie is always there to support him in every effort he undertakes. They constantly network together for all their affiliations, educating everyone they meet from their local, state, and national affiliates, as well as participating in many committees. Dan and Leslie's passion for involvement in the annual Brenda Dillon Walk has brought many dollars to the FCB Treasury. Also, their contribution to the audio description project has assisted in producing many hours of enjoyment for our members throughout the country. Dan and Leslie's dedicated participation in the annual walks on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. for the last several years has been integral in educating our legislators and staff on the needs of the blind community. In summary, they work passionately and tirelessly, individually and as a team, to advocate for continued improvements in the lives of the blind and visually impaired individuals all over the world. For that reason and their dedication to our organization and all it stands for, I highly recommend they be chosen as the recipients of this award. Thank you, Patty. Uh, I'm sure Dan and Leslie are around. I don't know. Um, Gabriel, I yes. am I am speechless. I, I am so speechless. Thank you so, so much to whoever nominated us. Um, FCB is very near and dear to my heart. ACB, of course, is very near and dear to both of our hearts with Dan becoming president in July. Um, it's been a whirlwind in our house and I love everybody in this organization. I, I get passionate and I get upset and <laughs> I I really respect everybody and love everybody in this organization. This 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 is I'm just speechless. Um, Dan is on also, so thank you so much to whoever nominated us, and I love you all so much and love this organization. Leslie, you're not gonna sell us chocolates. I'm not gonna sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually have tears in my eyes. Uh, well deserving. Well, Gabriel, this is Dan, and I just want to tell everybody thank you, and the blessing of my life is to be married to Leslie Spoon. Thank you, Dan. You are both a blessing for FCB and ACB families. Okay, Katie. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, I'm Katie Lear. I'm going to pre present the R. Henry P. Johnson Award this evening. Henry P. Johnson was a blind lawyer. He was active in his community and constantly sought to extend the boundaries so that visually impaired people could become more involved and active in their community activities. This is why Sally Benjamin and I wanted to nominate Miss Earlene Hughes for the R. Henry P. Johnson Award, and it's a state award. Earlene is very involved in our FCB community because she keeps track of our website, she updates it, um, and she basically puts all the information on it that I send to her to put. And some days I send her a lot of stuff. So um, Erlene has been working with us for 11 years. And let me tell you what Erlene puts on our website. Only good stuff, no bad stuff. 
the White Cane Bulletin, changes for state, chapter, and affiliate officers and affiliate liaisons when needed, changes in the FCB standing committees, adds recipient names for awards, and Erlene, this year you're going to get to put your name there, changes in our constitution, bylaws, and policy manual, and adds the meeting minutes for Florida Council of the Blind. Erlene also daily backs up our website. She maintains firewalls to keep us safe. Erlene also is very involved in bits, and she also maintains their website. But what Erlene also, I'm sorry, Erlene also does for us is Erlene maintains strict involvement in setting up our convention information, including our registration. Well, a couple of years ago, our website was hacked during convention registration, and Erlene rebuilt it so that no credit card information was lost or compromised. That was done during registration. That was a pretty major feat, and most people didn't even know what happened. So you see why Erlene Hughes is so very deserving of the R. Henry P. Johnson Award from Florida Council of the Blind. Congratulations, Erlene. Erlene, can you unmute? Uh-oh. Erlene, if you are here, uh, kindly raise your hand, and I'll see if I can recognize you. I have a feeling you're on the wrong side here. It should be right at Erlene Hughes. Yeah, there is no Erlene Hughes that I see here. But again, Erlene, if you dialed in or if you're here as an attendee, kindly raise your hand, and we'll, we'll get you unmuted. Uh, 5094 would be the last four digits of her cell. Jim Stanga, if you're around, can you yell to Erlene for me, please, sir? I don't see the number. Okay. Well, then we're going to need to move on. And if we find Erlene, then we'll we'll congratulate her when she comes back in. Cassandra? Cassandra, if you can unmute yourself. What happened to Cassandra? Looks like she's not here at the moment. Oh, there she is. Hear me now? Okay. There you, there go. you are. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I ran away from home. Um, okay, so um, before I give this award, I'm going to tell you a little story. So we've been working to try to get some of our um, high school seniors back into the fold of getting an FCB Mobility Award. And so one of my goals before I left, uh, before I leave, um, being the award chair was to make sure I did that. And um, so I was able to do that this year. And so I reached out to the Florida School for Deaf and Blind, and I um, I talked to guidance counselor, and she reached out to um, the mobility department. And um, oddly enough, uh, I get an email from a James Crozier, and I'm like, wait, I know this name. Um, and so his dad was my mobility instructor back when I was, you know, young. So he nominated this young lady, um, and I'd like for Patty to read um, the letter that James wrote. I can do that. Awesome. It is my honor to recommend FCDB senior Gracie Helton for the Florida Council of the Blinds Annual Mobility Award. Gracie has shown tremendous improvement in her orientation and mobility skills during her high school years. Early on in her instruction, Gracie struggled with the confidence and ability to get from place to place in her school environment and was dependent on others for assistance. 
She did not trust her mental mapping skills, her route knowledge, and her overall confidence and ability to meet her travel needs were limited. Through the right approach and patient practice, Gracie steadily began to increase her awareness of where she was and what steps she needed to perform to reach desired locations. Eventually, Gracie began to develop the self-confidence and increased her travel skill level to the point that moving throughout her large campus was a breeze. With foundational skills and concepts now mastered, Gracie sought to improve her community-based travel skills where she further advanced her skill level and confidence. Gracie came a long way in her own M training. She is now set to graduate in excellent standing and is planning to attend a massage therapy school in the fall. Gracie worked hard and put forth good effort and did well to overcome all of the challenges in her path. Gracie is most deserving of this award, and we thank FCB for your consideration of her nomination. So Gracie, it is FCB's honor to, um, to award you with this plaque, and we're going to send it to you, and it's going to have your name in Braille on it, and um, you get to hang it up in your room. Congratulations, young lady. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it honors me to have this award. Um, I would like to thank all of you and also Mr. Crozier. Um, he has been great to uh, help me with my confidence. Um, so thank you all and uh, God bless y'all. All righty. All right. I think we have a, uh, we have a, 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 a commercial to come up, Rick, do we? I don't think so. (laughs) You can keep going. All right. Um, Actually, we're going to turn it over to uh, Gabriel. Cassandra, it's Leslie. Yes. Sponsor. Yes, we do have a sponsor. That's what I said. That's why I said we have a commercial. That's why I was trying to tell him. That's our commercial break. (laughs) Rick just didn't catch it. So, uh, Rick, we have Envision America. Is it supposed to be a recording or the person supposed to speak, speak live? The person's supposed to be speaking. It's me, Rick. Amanda Tolson. Did I successfully unmute myself? You, you sure did. did, Amanda. Yay. I wasn't Thank- sure if I could. Thanks for rescuing me. Yes. Okay. How is everybody tonight? We're good. Well, Great. congratulations Thanks. to everybody who just received awards. Um, such well-deserving people, especially um, I know firsthand Leslie and Dan, how much they do. So congratulations, you two. Um, this is, I'm Amanda Tolson with Envision America, and most of you know me. I have been with Envision America for eight years now. And when I first started, um, I did start by calling individuals to get them set up with Script Talk. And I started in the state of Florida. So Florida Council of the Blind is near and dear to my heart. Um, A lot of people that are on tonight were some of the very first people that I ever started working with in the industry. And so I'm always proud to attend these events. I'm so sad that we can't see each other in person this year. Um, I'm supposed to be plugging our products, but mainly I just just love Florida Council of the Blind so well. So I'm just going to plug you guys. But anyway, thank you again for having me come on. Uh, I think what's most important is to tell you about Script Talk, our talking prescription service. It is free and you can give us a call at Envision America and we'll help you get set up with your pharmacy. Uh, We now are in Publix locations. Um, So they were 
formally offering another service, but they are now providing Script Talk as a service. So for those of you that have been waiting to get Script Talk at Publix, it's now available. You can just ask for it um, at your pharmacy. And then of course we have lots of many other locations that provide that service. And if you need help getting set up, I encourage you to call our staff here at Envision America and we can help you do that. I'm assuming our phone number and contact information is gonna be posted on the website. Um, so instead of everybody trying to remember a number I'm gonna throw at you in Zoom meeting. Um, and then of course we have our ID Make Galaxy. That is a product that we sell. Um, what we are doing uh, with the IDMake is that we are extending a sale to Florida Council of Blind members only uh, this year. So one, we uh, have never ran with a state convention before, but typically the IDMake Galaxy, which is our talking barcode scanner, many of you know, and I think last night you guys auctioned one off and it brought in a good bit of money for the organization. So yay. But um, typically those are $1,299. Right now we are um, offering a sale to Florida of the Council of Blind Members for uh, $1,000. Uh-oh, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, now I'm forgetting how much I'm supposed to give it to you for. And I have it on a recording somewhere. Sounds um, like 1000 even. Yeah, right. No, it's what was it? $1,014 or $1,040. That's what it is. So it's 20% off. So $1,040. And then we're also adding an extended one-year warranty. So it's going to bring it up to two years of warranty, free shipping, and a deck of playing cards. So you'll get all of that for the $1,040. All you have to do is call us at Envision America and say that you're with Florida Council of the Blind, and we'll offer that sale price to you. Um, I think that's all I have without taking up too much of your guys' time so you can continue on with everything. Again, I miss seeing everybody in person. Uh, I'm so glad that I was even able to get on tonight and talk to everybody and listen to the awards. So thank you for having us. And you can always give us a call at 1-800-890-1180. Amanda, thank you so much for your support. And I sincerely apologize for for messing up there. I've got the script in front of me and I, I just didn't see it, but thank <laughs> you okay. so, so much. Thank That's you. okay. Thank you for having me on. All right, Gabriel. Okay, perfect. Thank you everyone. Uh, it's me again. Um, we are now going into scholarships. Um, I just want to start by saying that this, uh, this is a work that goes all year round and I, couldn't possibly do it without my exceptional committee. Of course, our wonderful officer liaison um, and president, Sheila Young, who um, handed me over her baby with the Education and Le Leadership Committee. Um, Leslie Spoon, Randy Reed, Delord Gingero, Mikey Wiseman, Debbie Grob, Pat Crott, and Nicholas McNeil. So thank you all. Um, this process takes uh, promotion. We contact schools. We uh, then work with each applicant because they have many documents and a lot of information to submit, letters of recommendation, official transcripts, notes from their ophthalmologists, etc. So this year has been particularly difficult because our cutoff date for receiving applications and documentation uh, fell under 
the shelter in place and quarantine restrictions. So it was it was a challenge. So I do commend all the students and applicants that we had for our scholarships this year. And um, their dedication is admirable. And you always make this selection process so difficult, but we are so happy. Um, when we meet uh, in our committee, we always have uh, such such difficult time selecting selecting our 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 recipients for the for each year. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know if I, I I feel like I missed someone from my committee. Debbie Grubb, if I didn't mention you, you're you're an essential part of the committee. <laughs> I feel that I missed Debbie for some reason. Okay, moving along. Rick, would it help you if I tell you who is coming up? Uh, just go ahead, Gabe. I think we'll be okay. Okay, perfect. So, first of all. Um, we uh, had uh, three out of four scholarships, like I mentioned. Uh, we couldn't give out all the scholarships this year. We uh, students were experiencing a lot of difficulty collecting documents, especially when they had to go to a virtual learning environment. So um, we do not have Teresa Blessing for this year. So we are going to start with uh, Bobby Probst, since I'm already talking. Um, I'm going to present the winner, uh, Bobby Probst is a student who's in high school and is transitioning to college. Um, this uh, student uh, is uh, currently a senior at FSDB, Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. And uh, his name is Brandon Rounds. So uh, Rick, if you could find Brandon, Round Brandon Rounds uh, so he can be unmuted. Um, Brandon, just to tell you a little bit about him, he um, he's going into nursing. Uh, he has a great passion, not only because he was uh, around doctors and nurses since very early age due to his uh, condition that caused his uh, vision loss. And uh, he just wants to give back. He's been through a process of medical interventions throughout most of his life, and he's uh, successfully been able to complete his high school with uh, a lot of accolades from his professors and from his students. He has a great community involvement, not only with the food pantry, with churches. He's part of the youth council at his school. He's also an advisor for peer support. Um, he's also into sports. He practices in the swimming team. He practices goalball. And uh, let me just tell you that the letters of recommendation that we received from Brandon's professors are just impressive. So it is our pleasure and our honor to support Brandon as he ventures out into the world of higher education in uh, such a such a challenging field as is nursing. So if Brandon is unmuted, um, you are on air to say something about yeah, receiving just, your scholarship. There you go. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone this would be a big help for me of becoming a nurse as well. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Congratulations, Brandon. And uh, we'll meet you next year in person. Um, I, I forgot to mention at the beginning, um, our scholarship recipients, um, since we did not have a, uh, an in-person convention this year, um, it's part of the FCB policy to invite our scholarship recipients to our um, state convention and to the awards banquet with one guest and uh, to personally receive their uh, award. And uh, the 
committee submitted a request and the board of directors of the Florida Council kindly approved that we're going to have our scholarship recipients attend convention next year so that we can meet them in person. So next up, we have the Timothy Turpin. To present Timothy Turpin, I would like to see if we can unmute Mr. Randy Reed. Okay. My name is Randy Reed, and it is my pleasure to present uh, this year's Timothy Turpin Award. The Timothy Turpin Award Scholarship is awarded to a high school uh, senior who demonstrates academic proficiency and leadership skills. This year's winner is Meliora Hatcher, who is valedictorian of her class, is, is uh, planning to start at the University of North Florida in the fall, majoring in mathematics education, and in addition to her curricular obligations, she is also involved in Young Life, Color Guard, Drama Club, Band, and tutors elementary students in mathematics. She was also named Florida Association for the Education and Rehabilitation of Blind and Visually Impaired Professionals. Most Promising student for 2019-2020. With that said, it is my pleasure to welcome and present the Timothy Turpin Scholarship Award to Ms. Meliora Hatcher. And are we able to unmute her? Thank you. It's an honor to be here today and it's an honor to be presented with this award, listening um, to all these wonderful people and all of your dedication to the blind community. Um, and all and listening to all these presentations. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. Thank you, Randy. Congratulations, Meliora. And uh, last but not least, um, we save uh, Gail M. Cross Edwards uh, and uh, to present, if we could unmute, Delore Gingero. Delore, if you're here, I don't see you on the panelist list. If you're here as an attendee, kindly raise your hand. Don't see him, Gabe. Don't see him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So no problem. I will go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm here. Oh, oh, oh good. there you go. Oh, thank Great. you, Delore. Okay, perfect. I, I guess I didn't unmute, unmute properly. Okay, Sorry, my mistake. Go. No problem. You're here now. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Gabe. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a real honor to um, uh, introduce our, our next recipient. Um, we, as Gabriel said, we had several recipients, even in spite of the coronavirus and the recipient of the uh, Gala Edward Cross Edwards Award is currently attending the University of Florida and he will be there next year. His major is in aerospace and mathematics. That's yes. a heck of a combination. And when he eventually graduates, he wants to work in the aerospace uh, industry as well. So I'm very glad to be introducing him. He has a GPA of 3.91. He's well deserving of, of the award. And it's, I'm proud to introduce to FCB from, he, he lives up in Palm Beach County in Jupiter. He is uh, Nathaniel Smith. Nathaniel, if you're available. Hello. <clears throat> can, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Congratulations, uh, my friend. 
Congratulations, oh. Nathaniel. And just one other point as well. We've invited Nathaniel to attend the convention next May in person, and hopefully his schedule will allow him to do that. I'm, I'm sure I can make make time for it. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. It's it's quite an, quite an unexpected honor. I, I really do appreciate it. And thank you very much to all that those who nominated me and a, a special thanks to Mr. Gabriel for helping me out with the application. He was, he was a big help. You're welcome, Nathan. It, it was our pleasure to review uh, your application. And uh, like I said, I have to say, uh, uh, share, I usually do this, I share a funny note. Um, just to give everyone a, a, an idea of what we were dealing with and what we deal with these amazing um, individuals, these amazing young individuals. Um, some of the some of the words and classes listed in Nathaniel's uh, curriculum. Sometimes at the committee we couldn't even pronounce. Um, you know, aerospace and engineering. Some math classes were just you know probably new terms for many of us. And it's admirable to see a fellow uh, visually impaired young in that man, field. yes, entering that field and and you know proving out there that there is no obstacle. So um, thank you, Dolores, and thank you, Nathaniel. Congratulations. Uh, like I said, uh, wonderful committee, wonderful work. This is uh, so fulfilling. We appreciate everyone's attention. Um, our scholarship recipients obviously will not have to wait until 2021 to receive their awards. We, they will be receiving uh, their awards over the mail. And um, we will be meeting them in person in 2021. Um, thanks again to the committee. Thanks to FCB for the support. Thanks to Sheila for being such an awesome uh, officer liaison and uh, for all the support. I look forward to our next ceremony. Uh, scholarships is always near and dear to my heart. As many of you know, um, that was one of the ways in which I really became Acquainted with FCB, I, was, I myself was a scholarship recipient in 2013, and since then um, I've been part of the committee and now have the honor of chairing the committee and welcoming all these new and gifted, amazing members to our FCB family. So with that, we are going to conclude the portion of the Education and Leadership Awards, and uh, we will um, move over to our the rest of our program. I believe we have Miss Sheila Young coming up next. Awesome segue, Gabriel. <laughs> Thank you, Cassandra. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sheila. Is she muted? I guess I was. <laughs> 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 I'm talking and nobody can hear me. <laughs> Good evening. What a great evening this has been. You guys have done amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and congratulations to everyone that has received awards and scholarships. And we certainly do look forward to you coming next year. So, you know, I can run meetings. I can do agendas. I can help organize a convention. Picking president's awards? That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and all of you know <clears throat> that know me, how emotional I get 
So this year I had fun because I picked four recipients. And my first recipient was so instrumental in helping us with our hotel situation and having to cancel our con- or not cancel, go to a virtual convention and was extremely assistant in um, going through contracts and helping us work through all the issues. So my first president's award goes to Jen Lane. Oh, thank you very much, Sheila. Would you like to say something, Jen? Well, unlike most people, you you definitely surprised me. So congratulations. (laughs) I'm glad to know that. (laughs) I had your mom and dad's help. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I, I, I very, very, very much value my, <laughs> you're such a stinker. I very much value my time with um, working with you and everybody. So I very much appreciate it. And thank you so much. Well, congratulations. And I'm glad to not see you guys in person, but I yeah, will. Yeah, me too. <laughs> November and, and future years. So thank you so much. That's very kind. And thank you. Oh. Um, and I hope I do hear tears in your voice just a little. <laughs> well, they're there. <laughs> All right. If I didn't have this person, I would probably lose my mind. Uh, This person has been my right arm for the past six months. Um, Friend, sounding board, um, just a dear, dear member to FCB. The next award goes to Mikey Wiseman. You got me. (laughs) well thank you thank you for the recognition Sheila thank you for allowing me uh to to make your life miserable my mother said (laughs) we're at the dinner table right now we have the iPad while we're having dinner Um, (laughs) you know we've we get through it um thank you thank you very much that's all I have to say you deserve it Um, My next award goes to someone who has been very helpful to me locally, has assisted me in going to meetings, going to events, and just been a very good friend. So my next award goes to Pam Sogi. And hang on one second. I don't she's here we're having a mini convention party <laughs> let me let me see if i can get her hey, I'm thank you. pam my my ex my alexa is uh like a 15 second delay so they're in the living room and i'm in my bedroom on my computer oh here here it comes you were just honored with the president's award would you like to say something um, I'd like to say thank you very much. Um, this is uh, really an honor and a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea. <laughs> I love surprises. <laughs> and then my fourth award is going to someone who is just valuable to FCB. Um, when we had to find someone to um, do the White Cane Bulletin, she 
immediately stepped up and said, I'll do it. So my fourth award goes to Sally Benjamin. Mm -hmm. Is Sally here? What? Sally, if you're here. Sally, if, if you're here, if you want to raise your hand, if you're having trouble unmuting yourself. Yes. Okay, I see somebody who raised their hand. Let's see if that's Sally. Uh, let's see here. Sally, is that you? Hello. Phone number 0185. Does that sound like her? No. No, no that's oh, not Sally. That's not Sally. Sorry. Sally? 615 people. Hold on. Wait a minute. Somebody's Five. popping up on the other side here. Let's see here. Hold on. Sally, where'd you go? <laughs> she has Sally. a left, she has a left home, so I know she's Sally. No, I you know I love Sally. Sally, <laughs> raise, raise your hand again, Sally. I think I may have done something stupid. <laughs> no, you're not doing anything stupid, Rick. And in, in, in my uh, in my nervousness here, <laughs> no, I'm excited for Sally. Sally, I, I think. Sally, are you there? Sally and Willie. Oh, I'm going to feel terrible. It said she's joined the meeting, Rick. Find her. She's there somewhere. Yeah. What, what's her phone number? Anybody know her phone number? Uh, nine, eight. I'm right here. Oh, there she is. Hi, Hi Sally. Hi. I, Shelly called me. I'm just... Uh, I don't know what to say. Oh, I can't believe that. I'm, I'm uh, blown away. I mean, I don't know what I've done. I haven't done anything. But yes, you have. You. you you have dedicated your life to FCB and ACB. So thank you so much. Amen. Well, you're welcome. Gosh. Congratulations, Sally. <laughs> Congrats, Miss Sally. Thank you. And Miss Cassandra and Gabriel, I am done. I thank you guys very much. I know that we usually don't give four awards, but I just couldn't pick and choose. It's the hardest job that I have. So. <laughs> it's okay. So, thank you so oh, much. Good, Sheila. Thank you. Okay. So um, now we get into the fun part. We get into the chapter awards. And um, everybody, I hope everybody knows their ABCs. I think we got a, <laughs> I think we got a sponsor, don't we? Um, Orcam. Yes, Orcam. Oh, yes, we have Orcam. Oh, we have our commercial. Good job, Rick. Our See, commercial I'm, I'm, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm redeeming myself now, Michelle, <laughs> yes. Michelle Mendez. I am here. Can you all hear me? <laughs> yes. You're. Well, good evening. Thank you so much um, for inviting me to participate here today. So thank you to all ACB, FCB members, to all recipients of awards this evening. Thank you so much. I am here to talk about OrCam and what OrCam is. OrCam is a small, discrete, wearable camera that takes a picture and be a small speaker on the device. It conveys the information that you want to read. So not only does the device read, but it can do simple tasks at like recognizing faces, uh, telling time, identifying products, colors, barcodes. It can even tell you the time and date and you don't need, you need to wear a watch. You can just look at your wrist, the device understands the gesture and it tells you the time. We have just introduced a new device now called the OrCam MyEye Pro. And what the pro is doing is we have introduced a feature called interactive reading, 
which basically lets you interact with the device. So you can ask the device simple tasks. For example, if you're reading a newspaper, you can say, read me the headlines. If you're looking at a bill, you could say, read me the date or read me the totals. So it allows you the device, the device allows you to ask questions. Or if you're looking at a menu, you could say, read me the soup. And the device will read you the soup, give you a description of what it is and, and tell you the price. We've also introduced with this pro device, an orientation feature. Now it's still in the beta form. So it's, it's a device, it's, it's a feature that's going to be worked on. But what it's gonna do is give you some inside orientation. So it will identify uh, tables for you, chairs for you, a screen, things like a cup or ascending staircase. But it's something that we're currently working on, but the, the software is available on the device. But we're really excited as well. We have recently introduced just in March, a new handheld device. And this device is called the OrCam Read. Now this device is, is designed for people not only that um, have visual impairments, but also people who have print disabilities. It's a, a very uh, lightweight device. It's handheld AI driven smart camera. It can instantly read printed text off any service with just a touch of a button. So it reads newspapers, books, computer screens, and more. It lets you listen via a little mini speaker on the device. The device gives you the choice if you want to connect to Bluetooth, if you want to use wired uh, headphones, and that comes actually with the device. And something really unique about the device is it allows you to capture a whole page of text, or you can have the device read to you just a, sec just a particular section. So we're very excited. Um, once again, keeping in line with like the MyEye, it's a small device, it's lightweight. This read just weighs approximately an ounce. It is about the size of a pen. You just hold it in your hand. There's a round trigger button. You touch on that trigger button, you point at what you want to read and the device reads to you. So we're really excited about the OrCam MyEye Pro with its new features, as well as the OrCam Read. So I just want to say thank you. Um, if there's any questions, also we do collaborate uh, with ACB. So now through the end of the month, we are um, offering a, we offer a 10% discount to members. And these the OrCam Pro features can be purchased for the same price as the MyEye through the end of May. So if there's any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. And if I if I can add, ACB and OrCam did a web uh, webinar a few a couple of weeks ago now, two three weeks ago, which is uh, out there on Facebook Live. If any of you want to take a look, it was pretty good. Yes, we they did. Do, our Dr. Walensky, a consultant for us, as well as um, one of my team members, Oded Sin, they both did um, a, a Facebook webinar. It was wonderful. So thank you very much, everybody. And once again, congratulations to all the recipients of the awards today. Thank you very much. Um, so now we're gonna go into the chapter awards. We're gonna go Clay, Orlando, and Halifax in that order. You're going in what order? Clay, Orlando, and Halifax. No wonder I asked that. I was unmuting mine and you said, I'm going and and I heard a beep when I was unmuting. And I said, that might be Clay. Okay, Clay chapter award. Uh, we got a guy on this award that's bent Mark Lears. Mark, do you have to be on this call by any chance? No, okay. Or if he is, he's muted. But anyway, if this guy's bent Mark Lears' ear, 
uh, he calls me every once in a while and says, yeah, I just talked to Mark and this and that and the other. We talked about this and that and the other. Uh, great guy, has an interesting life outside of um, FCB and Clay Captor, has had an interesting life and has really put the bullseye on our treasurer's job. So our chapter award this year is going to a man that I've really grown to like. I don't know if he's on the call or not. Uh, I don't know if he's phoned or Zoomed. Um, he was going to try to be. Uh, Larry Hollingsworth is our chapter award winner for Clay. Larry, if you're here, let me see here. 6983, that's not. Um, no. No, that would not be. Him. Um, you looking? You looking for last four digits? Yeah. Five eight seven seven. Five eight seven seven. Let me see if I can find mm -hmm. him. He may or may not be. He is. He has had a busy life, and like anybody with a busy life during COVID nineteen, he has uh, started to go stir crazy, <laughs> being, being not able to get to people and stuff like this. But um, he was going to try to be on here if he could. I so, don't. Um, I, I don't see him. Okay. Well, anyway, that's that's a story, and. Uh, any of you all that know Mark, Mark will verify that Larry has flat bent his ear to make sure we got every federal form, state form, other form, and everything we needed for the treasurer's job. And he's just a good guy to have on our counseling group, period. So, And, and thank you guys for all you guys are doing, FCB officers and other guys. I haven't been able to participate much, but I've watched everything fly by me. So I, I just want to thank all you guys. Keela and all the rest, you all, um, Rick, some of you other guys that have been making all these things, you know, to help us all socialize, uh, come to pass. So thank you guys. And I'm going to mute. This is Katie. I'm going to speak for Mark because Mark's over on the attendee side. He's very happy that Larry is getting this award. Oh, Good. I'm unmuted. <laughs> I'm, and now I'm muting again. And thank you, Katie. Thank Mark. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm up. Is that, is that fine? Yes, yours. Okay, great. All right. So thank you, Cassandra, and thank you, everybody. Um, our chapter award from the Greater Orlando Council of the Blind is going to Craig Markowitz, um, wonderful man. He has been involved in GOCB and when we were uh, Mid-Florida Council of the Blind um, for many years, since 1982. He was um, president way back when, I don't remember when, and I asked him, and we weren't sure because I wasn't here and <laughs> but what a wonderful guy I've, I've gotten to know him um, when I was activities um, chair we did an activity where we worked out and it was just Craig and I and we had so much fun at the Lighthouse Central Florida and um, he has a beautiful beautiful voice and I just can't say enough about him what a friend a wonderful friend he's become to me and a great colleague and we are so honored that Craig Markowitz, Markowitz is getting our chapter award tonight. And he should be on, Rick. Craig, if you're here, kindly raise your hand because I'm not I'm not seeing you on the list. 5844 is his last. Okay, let me check. Just hold on, everybody. Yeah. 5844. Craig, if you're here, congratulations. <laughs> Leslie, I do not see him. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure he's he's very happy, and we did tell him. And so his... His honey is under the weather and not, not doing very well, so he might be with her tonight, which is Maddie Hickson. Oh, wait a minute. No, he's here. Hold on. Ah, Hold on. Just, just found him. Okay. There, go ahead, Craig. You, you get your, you're, you're open now. Uh, yes. 
I enjoy uh, very much working for uh, the Greater Orlando uh, Chapter of the Blind. Um, I was president at one time. Uh, I enjoy working with Sheila. We have a wonderful board. Um, and I want to say something about Sheila, especially uh, with everything that she's involved in uh, with the Florida Council. She takes the time to care about everyone. I get calls from her and texts from her. Uh, my girlfriend, Maddie, who uh, was a secretary for many years, is struggling with cancer right now. She is my sweetheart. Maddie is constantly on my mind, and she's always asking me about Maddie. And her name is Maddie Hickson. That's the one I'm talking about with cancer. But anyway, um, I look forward to working uh, for GOCB uh, for many years. Congratulations, Craig. Thank you. And Miss Cassandra, this yep. is Sheila. Go ahead. You, you're up. Thank you. You're um, welcome. GOCB has another chapter award to present, and our other chapter award goes to Leslie Spoon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we know she's here. <laughs> Wow, uh, you guys are just surprising me. <laughs> That's a good thing. Oh, oh my, wow. Well, I am very speechless. I, I mean, you oh are so <laughs> instrumental to our chapter. So we love you. Oh, I love you. And I love GOCB. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't, I can't even say enough about my chapter. I, I love Sheila and, oh, and everybody in my chapter. So thank you. I'm, I'm in shock I, I don't know what else to say <laughs> thank you guys I, I really love you thank you so much wow i think the award for that isn't it sheila like a four pack of toilet paper <laughs> yeah, i think so <laughs> do they have any more <laughs> i might i might need that rick thank you <laughs> yeah for the for for those of you who didn't attend the auction, that we we laughed more about toilet paper in the auction last night, and uh, so so yeah, you know that's what that was all about. It wasn't meant to be anything anything other than that. So and, and no. it, it's funny you say that, Rick, because I got emails today that said we need to do that more often. That was a lot of fun. So, so thank you guys. Okay, Randy, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, uh, guys, it's Randy Randall from Halifax Council of the Blind, and we have uh, two chapter awards this year. Our first was is to Frank Andrews, who's been a member of Halifax Council for quite some time. Frank was uh, lived in Indiana, where he worked as a dispatcher for the police department. When he retired, he moved to Volusia County and lived in the Port Orange area and for many years, and Frank has been actively involved in various ways, but uh, he uh, participated trying to uh, advocate, for example, in his area with the police department to be involved in white cane events. Uh, when we needed a treasure, when there was a, a need, Frank stepped in and did that job, worked very hard at that. Uh, he later served when we had a need uh, as president. But since then, Frank has often been involved, especially the transportation committee, uh, in, in trying to uh, go to different meetings and advocate uh, for various issues on, on that behalf and then making reports to our chapter. Frank has had a 
or of health issues and not able to be here, but um, we just want to say how much we appreciate his involvement in our chapter. And it's very important, of course, as, as chapters to just make sure uh, we don't miss that opportunity, especially with people, sometimes you take it for granted. So that that particular award, we want we just want Frank to know how much we appreciate him. Then our, our second award is uh, uh, we do this sometimes to uh, individuals in the community and is to um, Heather Post. Heather Post uh, is a member of Volusia County Council District 4. And we wanted to thank her for her service in that she has helped uh, advocate um, or, or to move and vote on behalf of having a uh, bus route, a new bus route to the Tanger Mall outlet. Uh, the consumer groups in our area have advocated for this for some time. Um, leaders in, in our area sometimes that that wasn't that important, that this was an outlet for people coming from outside of the county. Um, well, we could eventually use paratransit service to get there, but there are some individuals, um, one individual I know who's blind and has children, and for her to do that, it makes the expense more so rather than using a regular fixed route bus. And so we're thankful to Heather for helping. Uh, she was concerned to make sure that there could be such a route and still keep support for the other uh, areas that are covered in her area of District 4. And so we're grateful to her, have spoken with her, and, and that we're going to be giving her a chapter award. And uh, the members of my committee all agreed, even though Heather doesn't read Braille, we made sure we paid the extras to have Braille because we wanted her to remember us in a special way to know how much we appreciate her support. Screen okay. Miss Heather, are you on? Are you on? Heather, if you're Hello. here, if you, if you would kindly raise your hand, Heather. I don't think she's going to be able to be available tonight. Okay. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> this is weird. I never call you that. All right. Okay, so we're going to move on to Palm Beach, Pinellas, and South Sarasota in that order. Hello? Did we, did we lose everybody, Rick? No, we're all here. So who's Palm Beach? Palm Beach should be... Pinellas Council, Rich Palm Beach Council with Doherty. Uh, Miss Doherty. Miss Doherty. Let me see if I can find her. What's her first name? Judy Doherty. Phone number 0430. Hold on. There's someone with a hand raised. Let's see if that might be her. I'm having to bounce between a couple lists here. What was the number again? 0430. I found her. I found Yay. her. Okay. If you can, there you go. Yes, sir. I could hear you guys talking about me. Okay, so you're up for, you can give your chapter award now. Um, I have an award that would like to be presented to Rick Triano. He has helped me considerably as I'm a relatively new member to the chapter. He, and he extends himself above and beyond. And so, therefore, I chose him to be our award winner for this year. I think Rick's on the other line. Let me see if I can find him. I thought I saw him earlier. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Rick, you're unmuted. 
Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Wow, um, I'm really touched, uh, Judy. This is, this is wonderful. Um, I, I want to thank the Florida Council and um, I've been with this organization for a long time and you guys have a very professional way about you. Uh, <clears throat> um, so Judy, um, again, thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure working with you and look forward to uh, another year and a half of uh, working with you. So thank you. You're welcome. Good evening, FCB. This is Debbie Downey, and I'm the chair of the Pinellas Council of the Blind Awards Committee. And I think this is just so cool that we can do this this evening. Um, of course, it's never as cool as being able to meet in person, but to just think that only a few years ago, this would not have been possible. So thank you, technology, and to thank you to everyone who's made this possible. I'd like to thank the members of my awards committee, being uh, Janice Raville, Carol Osmar, and Jean Sanders. As usual, they've done a wonderful job with selecting our chapter award winner. We have a couple of general criteria that we use to select a winner. The one that we pay most attention to says, the person or this person shall present and promote, promote a positive image of blind and visually impaired persons. And this chapter award winner certainly does that. She really fits the bill. She's someone that you'd have no qualms about if called upon to represent the chapter. She's an attorney and a law professor. She volunteered to rewrite our chapter constitution and bylaws and did a fabulous job. Many of you might know her. She's been involved with guide dog users and she writes one of my favorite columns for the ACB Braille Forum, that being the here and there column. Our Pinellas Council of the Blind chapter award for 2020 is Cynthia Hawkins. Cynthia, would I'm you like here. to say a few words and congratulations? Yes, I'm, I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes ma'am. we can. Um, I have to tell you, I am still surprised. <laughs> Um, and honored uh, by this award. Uh, I want to thank uh, Debbie Downey and the committee. Uh, just a little thing about myself. I, I'm recently uh, a member of PCB within the last um, three, four years uh, because I just recently lost my, lost my vision. Um, and a, a little factoid, Janice Reville was the first person I met um, at the lighthouse we were uh, we were in the same car together and she's the one who made certain that I got the information about PCB. Um, I want to, it's been such a pleasure working with uh, the PCB members over the years. Um, I, I especially wanna thank um, Debbie Downey and the committee, as I said, and also our wonderful president, Eugene Batke and um, the members of the, the bylaws committee. Um, uh, we had some pretty pretty lively discussions. Uh, and you'll know when you when I tell you who the members of the committee were. Um, Deborah Kendrick, Doug Town, and Sharon Young. Um, <laughs> and they did they did this as well. And I just want to thank you all very much. Um, and, I, and I really am surprised and I'm very appreciative. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Cynthia.
South Sarasota. Hi. Um, hi, Cassandra. Thank you. And thank you, ACB Radio and everybody. Um, it's my honor to present our service award to Sally Myers. Um, many of you may know Sally as she has been very accomplished with working at the Lighthouse. And she also, before joining the Lighthouse, was an occupational therapist. And Sally has been a certified, excuse me, a vision rehab therapist for 17 years. In her position, Sally helped to grow and expand educational programs in Sarasota County, Port Charlotte, and I'm sure many other areas that I'm not sure of, um, specializing with all areas of life skill. Um, Sally has always made herself available to any person who needed her assistance, whether they needed demonstration skills, whether they needed vision testing, whatever she was able to do, she did for them. Um, it is because of her willingness and dedication to help that it is my honor to present her with the Chapter Special Interest Affiliate Award. And our award reads, Florida Council of the Blind Merit Service Award presented to Sally Myers in, rec in recognition of outstanding services awarded May 15, 2020. And given, in that, given this presentation in representation by, for Tom Hansen, our president of SSCB. Sally is married and plans on scuba diving and bike riding in her leisure time because Sally just retired, unfortunately, which, but as we all know, they always say no one ever really retires from the lighthouse. And we hope that you're back with us again soon, Sally, and we hope to see you around. We wish you much luck on your retirement and thank you again so much and congratulations and thanks for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, that uh, I'm. I'm really surprised too. When Tom Hansen called me to tell me that I was getting this award, I I said, "Well, what have I done?" <laughs> and you've made me sound like somebody really special. But I don't. You know, I'm just doing my job, and um, it's really been a great honor and uh, privilege to work with the many wonderful people at uh, South Sarasota County Council of the Blind and all of the clients that I've worked with yeah, at the um, Lighthouse um, Vision Loss Education Center in Sarasota. So um, it's like you said, I, you know, I haven't quite retired yet, yeah. Sherry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm going out kicking and screaming, but um, next, uh, in a week, I will be fully retired. So this award is especially yeah, meaningful to me, a kind of culmination of all the work I've been doing for the past 17 years as a vision rehabilitation therapist. So I wanna thank members of South, South Sarasota County Council of the Blind for this great honor and I truly appreciate it. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Southwest Florida Council of the Blind. Southwest Florida Council of the Blind. Paul? We're here. All right. Good evening, everybody, and thank you, Cassandra. Uh, the Southwest Chapter is presenting its chapter award to Mary Pierce. I am really excited to present this award to Mary, since I'm the one who recruited her to the Southwest Florida Council of the Blind. Uh, since joining uh, the Southwest Chapter, she has been extremely active, participatory, and a real asset to our chapter. Uh, I would like to say that we had a unanimous approval 
uh, by the board in giving this award, but that's not true since Mary is currently serving as president and we didn't give her a vote. Uh, previous to becoming president, she has uh, served at nearly every uh, board position and she's also chaired a number of committees, which I've had the pleasure of working with her on. Also, she's been active in other areas within the wine community, including serving as a volunteer at our local White House, where she led a arts and crafts uh, volunteer group, which was focused on creating uh, paracord jewelry, bracelets for humans, and necklaces for guide dogs. Uh, since becoming president, Mary has brought forth a vision and, show, and has shown the same dedication to bring our chapter along in a positive, forward-moving uh, manner. I'm very, again, very happy to present this award to Mary Pierce. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Well, I, um, I just want to say thank you so much for this award. It's been an honor um, to, to be on the Southwest Florida Council of the Blind. I really, really enjoy it, and it, and it gives me a purpose in my life. And I am so thrilled that you nominated me for this award. Um, when Paul first told me about it, I was absolutely shocked. And um, I know that my husband, who passed away one month ago today, would have been very, very proud of me because he's the one that pushes me to do all these things. So I thank you again so much. Thank you. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Okay. Tallahassee. Oh, Sila, where'd you go? I'm here. Hi. Oh. It's Nancy Folsom. Okay. I am very pleased to be able to present our chapter award to a very special person. She is the most kind-hearted and loving person that you'd ever want to meet. And I bet some of you are jealous that you don't have her in your chapter because she's always there, willing to help, offering rides, bailing people out when they need it, just whatever they need. She's brilliant. She runs her own business. She um, has been a part of um, the vending program for a long time, even though she's very young. And we're very pleased to present our chapter award to sweet, loving, wonderful Georgia Kellogg. Georgia, if you uh, can unmute yourself, I think if you hit the space bar, if you're on the PC, we should be able to hear you as we see you. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, yes ma'am. Um, I'm doing it on my iPhone. <laughs> and uh, I'm very honored and I was shocked when I heard about it. I'm humbled. Um, my husband and I have been married. We'll be married 41 years in June. And we both love TCB. And we love to help as much as possible. And we're grateful to what FCB and TCB has done for us. And we conti will continue to support and care and love TCB and FCB and ACB. God bless you and everybody stay well.
knock it off. All right. We have um, Florida Council with Citizens with Low Vision. I had to unmute myself again. I'm <laughs> back. Uh, the Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision is very happy to give our chapter award this year to Janae Gates. Janae has been a member for, well, it's not really, doesn't really matter how long she's been a member, but she's been an extremely dedicated member of our organization. She has been serving on the board for quite some time. Uh, she's held the position of membership secretary and she's currently one of our vice presidents. She has also been very involved in our fundraising efforts, not only in helping collect the funds, but also making donations. Uh, when we've been able to see each other, I'm sure you all will recognize those lovely craft uh, creations that he's uh, made for us. Uh, Janae has been a, a good supporter of our programs and has gone that extra mile to assist our members when uh, times would require that. Uh, so congratulations, Janae. Rick, I have Janae on the phone, Rick. Okay, go. I well, mean, thank you. Hello. We hear Hello? you. We hear you. Okay. okay, thank you very much. This to me was a tremendous surprise when Leslie called me. I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm very thankful though. And uh, FCLV is very close to my heart. I enjoy being on the board and being a part of the program. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, Guide Dogs Users of Florida. Oh, Doug. Okay, he's lowered his hand. Um, 0277, am I right, Cassandra? Uh, zero three seven seven. Well, it's almost right. Where'd you see his hand on the uh, on I heard, side? I heard Jaws say it. I have no idea. Okay, so he must okay, be on. I'm here. There, now. there you go. There I was hitting the wrong. I was hitting the wrong button. Okay, um, I'm proud and honored to be asked to uh, represent the chapter award for guide dog users of Florida on behalf of our our um, awards committee. Uh, we really appreciate and respect this individual who has provided many, many things to our organization, to FCB, to people in Florida since moving here and joining the organization. And that's after spending many, many years helping blind people elsewhere. Uh, this individual has helped with membership. Um, this individual has done tremendous work when it came to the NPRM uh, with legislative issues. And I especially enjoyed, and so did a lot of our members, enjoyed all of the attention given to healthcare concerns, among other things. This, this person has been um, a real advocate for all guide dog users, whether members of GDUF or guide dog users elsewhere. Um, I am pleased to present the GDUF chapter award to our president, Tom Hansen. Yay. Yay, Tom. Yay, Tom. Fine badger, Tom. Fine. Do you see him, Rick? 
Yeah, I, he was unmuted a minute ago, and I think he muted himself. He's hiding. There you go. If I started reading this, I wonder who it could be because it couldn't have been me. But thank you very much, guys. Um, what, three years ago, they was looking for a president, and they came up to me and said, can you spell dog? And I did and said, you're our new president. <laughs> and I knew about that much about the organization, but I appreciate the support and assistance and guidance I got from people like Doug Hall, Debbie Grubb, Katie, Lois Butterfield, and others that I um, not mentioned at this time. And also a great appreciation to Sue, who helps guide me along the way. And speaking of guide, I got to thank Marco, because he's the one that really got me into GUF. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And congratulations to all of the winners tonight. It's just been a great uh, award celebration and, uh, and a very good job. And virtual is maybe here to stay. This is really great. Thanks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to thank you all for coming to um, the awards uh, ceremony. I want to thank ACB for uh, hosting. Thank you, Rick, for having fun with me. <laughs> um, this will be my last year as uh, on the awards committee. Next year, it will be Gabriel, and he will be announcing um, who he has chosen to take my place probably at mid-year. Okay? Thank you very much. Have a good night. Thanks, Cassandra. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Good night, everyone. <clears throat> So ACB Radio, this is Katie. We're going to say good night for now, but don't worry. We'll be back. We'll be back in the morning with a program starting at 8 a.m. Sheila's going to do a welcome. We're going to have three convention sponsors. Then at 8.30, Paul Edwards is going to do a very interesting program, Conversations with Past ACB Presidents. So please come join us tomorrow for a whole day of fun. Good night, everyone. Uh, Rick, what's going to be our uh, ACB radio? Reg, uh, what's happening at when you, we sign off? What, what uh, is everybody going to hear on ACB radio? Hell if I know. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a text. You were supposed to find I know, out. I know. I know. I no. I I'm not sure. Jason, <laughs> Jason can probably tell us. Jason, I think is is still on. Uh, hey, it's been great, everybody. Uh, uh, thank you, Katie, and you've been listening, everybody, to ACB Radio Mainstream. Um, as we said earlier, ACB Radio is absolutely thrilled to be part of this uh, this year. Thank you very much for the opportunity to do that. And uh, this is a kind of a warm up for the national thing that's going to happen in July. So if you guys like this virtual thing now, uh, come on back in July for national. I think you'll enjoy that too. So with that, we'll say good night, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow at eight o'clock. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.